0: Yes, and we're back. Shadow Podcast number 49. We have Sean Newberry in the house from this one, fighter out of Calgary. This is his second go on here. Uh, I want to thank Sean, obviously, for coming in. I know he's been wanting to come on and talk fights. The kid loves loves talking fights like I do. As you can hear, uh, boy, he loves talking fights. So <laughs> I loved having him on. Uh, Sugar Sean or Man Child Sean, whichever you want to call him, he'll sort of explain the man child thing, but uh, it was awesome having him on. Alright guys, before we get to the podcast, a couple things. So, number one, in the words of Bobby Dylan, Bob Dylan, Bobby D, the times, they are a-changing, and so is the podcast. So, we've changed, if you've seen, we've changed the description of the Shadow Podcast on Spotify, as well as a couple different letters being removed from our podcast t-shirts. Uh, my brother-in-arms, Chris McMillan, is no longer part of the Shout Out Podcast. I'm sure that doesn't come to a surprise to many of you. Uh, He's quite quiet, kind of reserved, you know, on the podcast itself. And uh, the reality is Chris is a quiet guy. You know, I I often refer to him as Captain Sirius. Um, Not to his face, though, because I don't want him to get upset with me because he's serious. (laughs) But, you know, it's the podcast life is just not for him. He's not big into being public. Uh, You know, he just wants to do his own thing quietly, and that's all good. The reality is when I... When I did the Shadow podcast, I was going to do it by myself. And I just looked right at Chris and said, Hey, do you want to do this with me? And he said, yes. And so off we went. Um, so yeah. So Chris is obviously, uh, yeah, he will have him a guest here and there for sure. But as far as an official position, he just uh, no longer wants to be part of it. And I don't, I fully understand, love him to death. No animosity or anything. No, no fights, nothing like that caused this. It just, uh, Chris is just done. So what does that mean for the Shadow Podcast? Well, if you like my beautiful voice, you're going to hear a little bit more of it solo, as well as more MMA talk. Uh, I'm a big fan of the UFC and MMA in general-ish, obviously not nearly compared to you know uh, Muay Thai kickboxing and boxing, but I still am a big fan. And so we'll talk, we'll break it down more, including this one with Sean Newberry. We, we break down the last UFC right in depth, talking about Pereira, talking about Adesanya, uh, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, so... We break this one down pretty heavily, which is awesome. I love combat sports altogether. Uh, so you'll be obviously hearing that. Now, along with that, some people have noticed the change in the podcast as far as the description. And I've already had about four or five people like, hey, if you want someone else to sit down and uh, do this with you, let me know. And uh, I'm happy to have anybody as a guest. But the reality is uh, I'm not looking to have the position of co-host filled. Uh, I'm going to take this thing. We're going to fly with it and, uh, we'll see what happens around the corner. But in the meantime, I'm not looking for, uh, a partner. So please don't take offense. If that was you, I'm happy to have people as guests and I would love to have people as guests. And, and, and I'm, I know I've said it online as far as like zoom and stuff like that, but I'm not a huge fan. I don't even like listening to like zoom podcasts. They, they drive me crazy. So I'm hoping to hop on a plane here and there and meet some people for a podcast, but that's down the road. Uh, Along with that, guys, we have the website. Obviously, I've been teasing about the website. We're right there, guys. We're right there. I've kind of been using Instagram as like the hub, uh, the hub for the podcast, but I'd really like to switch that over to the website. I mean, as far as selling merchandise, uh, blogs, events that are upcoming, interviews, Uh, maybe online or a video podcast. I don't know. Maybe little training tips. Listen, completely ripping off Mitch Chilson from 1FC. But he does these little Instagram uh, clips where he works with the fighters on sort of their special move. Brilliant. I'd love to rip that off. (laughs) Uh, So, and and just have the website be tickets, you know, selling tickets, events, you know, just I'm really going to try to make the website the hub for the podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. I definitely have help, but uh, who cares? I really didn't know what I was doing uh, with any of this to begin. Not a logo, not how to get Spotify, anything. But here we are, right? So let's uh, <clears throat> make it happen. All right, guys. Let's obviously make sure we like the Shoutout Podcast. Please subscribe. As in the words of my friend Brian Kong, uh, Arashito alumni now living out in British Columbia. Still a massive fight, man. Uh, in the words of my friend Brian... Only the real ones subscribe. So go ahead and be a real one and make sure you subscribe to the Shout Out Podcast. Along with that, like we've talked about, it's getting close to Christmas time. And what do we like seeing on the top of trees and all that stuff is the stars, right? Oh, the nice lit up star. Well, listen, you can have five of them light up right in front of your face. The only thing you have to do is make sure when you kind of pick a star for the Shout Out Podcast, go all the way to the right so all five of those stars light up just like Christmas. Oh, <gasps> You'll love it, I'll love it, oh my goodness, it'll just be Christmas time, so just make sure you hit those five star uh five stars all the way on the right. Listen, am I going out of my way to try to keep coming up with some some way to get you guys to uh do five stars? yeah, yeah, a little bit a little bit i'll I'll keep coming up with them but <laughs> but if you like it or you think it's creative, make sure you give us a five star rating all right guys, uh also Mexico. I got a new commentary gig. Obviously, I do commentary for the Muay Thai World Cup, and I'm, I'm very privileged, and I, and I always thank uh, Mr. Kieran Kettle for that position. I never assume it's mine. I I always want to ask or get told that, yep, yep, I'm like, whew, phew, okay, I got the job still. So, uh, Assuming I still have that job, but I have one more, and that's going to be down in Merida, Mexico, just uh, just north of Cancun, a three-hour bus ride. Uh, Mamudi Gym, Mexico, under Ruben Cruz Grajita. They'll be putting this on giant fight guard, excuse me, guys, uh, with, I don't know if it's the main event, but I think so, which is Tuso Cruz, uh, who's obviously their big champion down in Mexico, fought on one championship. I've seen him fight live. He fought uh, Canadian standout Eric Rocha. That's where we first met Eric. And uh, Tuso is going to be fighting for a Pan Am title versus WBC super bantamweight Canadian champ, Tyler Tyler Ninja Nicholson. So I'm really stoked to be down there doing some commentary for the Muay Thai Grand Prix and uh, commentating on a couple Canadians, as well as uh, Tyler and Ninja Nicholson, who I've com- this will be my third time being able to call his fights. Very privileged, big fan, as I've talked about. Um, also, guys, a couple things before we get on to the podcast. Anthony Rumble Johnson. Unfortunately, Anthony Rumble Johnson is sort of UFC uh, standout. Uh, Has passed away at 38 years old from non Hodgkin. Oh, that's hard to say. Non Hodgkin's lymphoma. There we go. That's a tough one to say. Oh, man. 38 years old, and just, man, we saw he was, you know, 170 pound fighter. Sometimes didn't make weight because he was just enormous. And then, uh, man, just got into this bodybuilder shape. Got huge. I mean, geez, didn't he knock out or TKO or break Arlovsky or all three break Andre Arlovsky's jaw at heavyweight? heavyweight from welterweight wow crazy crazy story quite a rise and uh the mma world is definitely feeling this one and i just want to give a shout out and rest in peace to anthony rumble johnson um yeah man as you get old and crusty like me (laughs) and you start seeing that the rise and fall not well not just the rise and fall of people's careers but the rise, the fall and the ending of people's lives, uh, man, it just it puts it all into perspective. And, you know, uh, I think Kieran Kettle posted, uh, you know, when Rumble left something just even on Instagram, like, you know, go live your life because you never know when it's your time. That kind of hit true a little bit when I saw that post. Also, uh, Andrew Tate versus Jake Paul. I know this caused a bit of a buzz. I just posted something that said, hey, man, i will be down with watching this. And all they did was kind of do a little face-off with no words. And then all of a sudden, I was tagged in, like, 12 different, like, Instagram
1: posts.
0: (laughs) But it was awesome. It created quite a buzz. These guys are obviously super polarizing figures. Andrew Tate and Jake Paul. I got to be real. I can't stand Jake Paul. And I don't care who he fights. I always want that guy to lose. And he's pretty good. I'll give him for his experience. He's pretty good as a boxer for his experience. But, uh... Now, I saw that uh, Tommy Fury had a fight and Jake Paul was there and there's a big kerfuffle and the Furies and the Pauls and, uh, you know, clown world silliness. But uh, that I did see uh, Andrew Tate and Jake Paul I actually have some words there, a couple words. But that video I reposted of them having a face-to-face with no words. Listen, listen, fellas, I'm on to you. I'm on to you. Here's what I think. I, I, I could be wrong. I don't know nothing about nothing, but here's what I think. I know people want to see them fight. But I think Jake Paul, I think Andrew Tate is too dangerous for Jake Paul. He's not old enough. He's too big. He has too much stand-up skills that Jake Paul doesn't want that smoke. He needs somebody uh, very much older or, you know, on paper, he definitely needs to win. And uh, on paper, I don't know if that's the case. So I don't see that fight happening. I did particularly notice there was no words in that face-off. So here's what I think. I think they want everyone to think that they got a fight coming up versus each other, that created a ton of buzz, which it did. And uh, here's what I think. I think those guys are going to co-promote. I think that was to create buzz. They didn't say any words. They didn't say they were fighting. They didn't even, you know, give each other an F-U or nothing. There was no words, and I think that says a lot that there's no words. I think these guys are going to co-promote. Just a guess. Um, okay guys, what am I watching before we get on to the podcast here? I'm still on Marvis Marvel and ha- Mar- Marvel is Marvin Hagler. Jeez. Am I mumbling my words today? Marvelous Marvin Hagler. But listen, when you have words like that put together, that doesn't make it easy. Uh, I just, I'm still just on his old school training attitude. I loved, uh, like I said, Sugar Ray Leonard, but the, the top dogs in that era, man Tommy Hearns, uh, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvis Marvelin Hagler. yeah, I got it that one. that was a good one. Um, th- those I, I always watched Sugar Ray Leonard. He's my favorite. he was my favorite of that era. one of my all- time greats because he is an all-time great, but one of mine. and uh, but I just love the attitude of Marvin Hagler man the, the you know the old school way is the only way to get it done is is his old attitude, right? Just the old school way. And that quote that I use, even in real life, to this day, you know, it's, it's hard to get up and run at four in the morning when you're sleeping in silk pajamas. Uh, you got to keep that hunger, man. And uh, he used to, you know, just isolate himself uh, six weeks, you know, no nothing, don't nobody call him, no, just, just old school. And uh, I can appreciate that. So Marvis, <laughs> marvelous, Marvin Hagler. Wow, I cannot get that one out. Marvelous Marvin Hagler is the one that I've been still on, but uh, for the last couple weeks. Upcoming on the podcast, we're looking to have uh, Lewis Coffrey. They got a tournament and a big fight card coming up. Um, So I'm hoping to sit down and chat with him. I'd love to have, I know uh, I talked with uh, Jonathan uh, Wheel from uh, The Voice, the the man in the Muay Thai World Cup in the center of the ring. But maybe doing something with self-pop boxing gym, whether it be uh, talking to a fighter or some amateur boxing. I- I'd love to do that. that. That's what the podcast is for. And I know I've been keep- I have been keep teasing about uh, Mac Larson. I, I- he's- His schedule is a little bit tight, so is mine. Just having a bit of a tough go matching it, but I'll always keep trying. Okay, guys, it's been like 12 and a half minutes of me talking. We're not here to listen to me. We're here to listen to uh, Sean Newberry. So this one, nice big breakdown of the latest UFC, as well as his view of the Muay Thai World Cup and some one-championship fights coming around. Here we go. Shuttle Podcast number 49 with Sugar Sean Newberry. How do you like sugar? I don't know, is that a thing? I I don't know, is that good? (laughs) I don't
1: mind it, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'll take it. Do you have a nickname? So, we're battling right now between Sugar and Manchild. (laughs) Those are the two right now. Kieran and Francois are very, very determined that Manchild is the the nickname that we're going to stick with, and I'm still kind of fighting, hanging on to Sugar, because I'm a big fan of Sugar, but oh well that's, I, that's kind of the reason behind why i i put sugar sean is because like i really like candy and donuts <laughs> and anything with sugar man Manchild, yeah <laughs> and then Manchild is like just i get excited about everything i just i can't wait to do anything and i just get overly excited about every single thing that i ever do it's a good way to live
0: life buddy yeah um and uh, Jonathan, obviously, the, the voice of the Muay Thai World Cup, obviously, this morning I saw on Facebook, man-child as well. The man-child. I'm like, well, isn't that hurtful? But now I see it's a nickname. But, yeah. And Kieran's not going to give you a nickname like uh, the monster or whatever. It's going to be something, you know, that, that kind of hurts. It's, gotta, yeah. it's got some sting. Yeah.
1: It's a subtle <laughs> It's a subtle diss, and that's exactly what it is, right? It's a, it's a subtle diss for me being so excited about everything. But It's good, buddy. I, I like it. I'm okay with it. Good. Keep it that way. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Sean obviously thanks for coming back second
1: time on the podcast. Yeah. Um did you get to listen to your first podcast with yourself? I did. What'd you think yeah, of it? I thought it was interesting. I didn't realize I swore that much. So I'm going to try to keep that a little more Uh-oh. dialed in. Mama sent you a message. This time around. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I thought it was cool. I felt like I conveyed my story pretty well considering like how I wanted to tell it to people and then how I actually did say things. Yeah. Felt like I did a good job and I got the message across, and just in general, I felt like I covered most of the things I really, really wanted to talk about, so yeah. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah. Hey, so before, obviously, uh, I watched the uh, UFC fights and stuff as well, but before we get that, you obviously have a giant hand in uh, working with fighters and getting going on with the Muay Thai World Cup. Yep so let's go back and uh just a little bit i know we we uh myself and chris broke that down quite a bit but let's talk about it from your point of view and to be honest i just like talking about fights i'll talk about yeah. the, every fight card for a million podcasts I don't sure care. yeah uh so leading into the the muay thai world cup like you were saying you didn't have a fight you know you were having obviously some like skin issues i think and, yeah. and then you just couldn't find an opponent and it just wasn't time Yep. you know for every reason um so what was your role I guess were you were you training fighters I saw you in the corner yeah, yeah. and uh, tell us how it was from your point of view man
1: yeah so for me um it was it was a weird it was kind of a weird time because I kind of I was for sure going to be fighting uh, in November. That had been the plan kind of since the fight in March because mm. Kieran told me, you know, take some time off. Let's heal that injury. March up. was your fight Let's with you- Jerry yeah, uh, With Braden. Braden, with Braden I'm Braden, sorry. Braden Rice. Brayden Rice yeah, yeah. from Russia. Yeah. And right then here. that's where I busted my orbital bone, right? So uh, uh, he wanted me to take some time off that, and we did. And uh, the plan was to get back to it in November. And unfortunately, just things just didn't line up. Um, there was a talk about me potentially fighting one of the guys that did fight on the show, uh, Mark Mosier, but it fell through reasons unknown. Honestly, I don't really know what happened. I don't know if there was a weight discrepancy or if the coach changed their mind or what it was. It it doesn't really make a difference. You know how the game is. That's just how fighting is. Sometimes fights fall through. And, uh, so I, I, was sitting at about, I think five and a half weeks from the fight, um, That I was told that, that I had an opponent, and then by the end of that week, I was told, no, you you don't have an opponent. Mm. And basically what was going on is I've been dealing with some eczema that's been uh, a bit of a problem for me since the last fight. Mm. And uh, it flared up quite bad um, about two months ago, and it was right around that time. And it just wasn't a good... uh, it wasn't a good situation, because if the skin gets infected with my eczema, it becomes impetigo, which is super contagious, True. and you can't, you can't train with it, mm-hmm. and if you try to go to a fight, the doctors won't let you fight, because they know it's an infection, and it's transmissible, and all that stuff. So that was a problem, and then also just, um, I just left a job that I wasn't super happy with, I was just kind of unhappy in general and stuff and i looked at my weight as well and and i just didn't like where my weight was at i wasn't like out of shape or not ready i was definitely well on my way to getting ready for that match i just was a little bit off on that and i just looked at everything and it was like my mind's not super sharp right now i was like i'm kind of thinking about other things and kind of reflecting on things right now i was like and on top of that my skin is like very on and off sometimes it's okay Sometimes it's really bad to the point where I can't even train. So I was just like, it just it's just not in the cards right now. You how know? many and how many fights have you had? Uh, nine.
0: nine, nine. Man, that's a yeah. pretty uh like mature way of looking at it with, with nine fights. Because usually, it, I mean, geez, even from like the f- fight number one to fight number twenty five, it's yeah. always like I will do anything to mm-hmm. to get in there, right? But yeah, that's yeah. that's a smart way to look at it. And the reality is with the Muay Thai World Cup, the the amount of exposure and stuff like uh, you, you might maybe want to pick and choose your fights a little more. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, nothing because wrong Because the with fights,
1: that. and that's the other thing too, is that realistically, like my competition going forward is only going to be high-level, top-notch fights. So yep. I don't want to... Um, After 10, I, I, I always say if, you, if you're doing more than 10
0: fights, you're you're maybe you're not looking to be world champ obviously some are but you're definitely looking to do something with fighting yeah if you're if you're you're over 10 fights yes yeah Yeah.
1: but uh but anyway so back to my involvement with Muay Thai World Mm -hmm. Cup so so yeah so I was kind of in a limbo spot for my own camp so I just figured the best thing that I could do because I was in limbo and I didn't really know what was going on is help everyone else out so I was uh, I was training with Dylan Stone quite a bit I'm sorry I need let's
0: rewind and go back can you repeat that? You you couldn't fight.
1: You didn't have a fight. So what happened? So I knew I wasn't able to fight. So mm-hmm. I figured the best thing that I could do is help out my teammates Stop and right the other there. competitors.
0: Did you hear that, people? Make sure you are a good teammate. I guarantee Like that's that's the job. It's the yep. job. It's a two-sided coin. Yep. You need people there for you. You have to be there for them when you're not fighting. So that is a good teammate, people, for those who didn't hear it. Well done, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you. But yeah, so my biggest thing was just I looked at it like, look, I'm not competing. But some of my friends and teammates that I care about very dearly are and the very least I can do is do what I can to help them prepare. Right. So, you know, I do everything I could to help them. Uh, Dylan, pretty much any time Dylan reached out to me, I would just be like, Yep, yeah, we can train. Like I'm I'm down. And and even if I couldn't great train shout at, out to Dylan. at that time, yep. Shout out to Dylan Stone. Um if I couldn't train at that time, I'd tell him, Hey, you know, we'll make it happen this day or this day. I'd find a way. And then with Abdul, you know, it was simple. Just give him a hard time in the sparring rounds and let him throw me around a little bit because he's pretty good in the clinch. So sure. let him do his magic. And, you know, we both learn a little bit from what, it. What's it
0: like sparring Abdul for?
1: It's fun. Yep. Yeah, I like sparring him. I find he spars me very differently than he fights. And he spars me differently than how he even spars others. And I think it's just because he knows I'm that much taller and longer than him. Sure. So he does a really good job of kind of he'll tuck his, his head kind of in. And he'll make it almost so that it's like even when I land my straight shots, it's kind of like I'm just scoping the top of his head. I'm not really hitting his actual face because he's just keeping it tucked in. And, he, you know, he throws lots of tight right overhands and stuff like that. And whenever he gets close to me but he knows he can't land nothing, he, he uh, clinches up right away so that he doesn't have to deal with any tricks or any funky stuff that right. I might try. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like it's it's a good time, man. I Good think dude. the thing that surprises people with Abdul is he's got power. Like, he has power. And he's substantially smaller than me. But I can tell you right now, he's hit me with a couple of shots on my head before where i'm like holy crap that hurt you know and uh, yeah that's not common for me to be honest with you especially having uh my training partner being mark mckinnon shout out to mark mckinnon <laughs> shout out to mark you know that guy's got freaking bricks for hands so like if <laughs> he's if not any- small no so if anyone can come anywhere near his power it impresses me and truthfully True. abdul does so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's fun to train with but just overall like abdul is a really just a wholesome, cool, nice guy. Like great attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm a he, fan. He's a beast and he's a monster. But like if you just talked to him or hung out with him, you wouldn't get that impression.
0: Well, you know? and 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 I always every time I talk to him, like and anytime I even on like on his Instagram and stuff, when you you know, hey man, good job, whatever. There's it's always thanks and hey, I'm only getting better. Hey man, watch the you know I'm only getting better. I'm only still learning. Like, and that's that's so
1: important. I really like that. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a growth mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh uh, the night of the fights, man. What, what are you doing? It's it's Muay Thai World Cup six. What are you so doing? Uh,
1: for me, it was kind of funny. Um, I think I just finished training. I I taught some. I taught classes. I helped teach oh, yeah, classes. Oh, I saw that. That's Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I was training after just by myself, just hitting the bag, and then I went home and uh, grabbed some lunch and cooked some lunch up. And I think yeah, like I was literally sitting and having lunch, and uh, and Mr. Kieran Kettle he called me. And uh, I always know, like, if Kieran's calling on fight day, that sums up. I Stop don't know what, lunch. but something's going you got on. Something yeah, to do. <laughs> yeah. So he called me and uh, he asked me if I could come warm up uh, a one because uh, they were short on people, and uh, you know the event starts soon. And Dylan's up first. And you and guys had stuff. a ton of fighters, obviously. We yeah. had lots of people competing, yeah. so they wanted <clears throat> some help. I d- I didn't know that they were short on people. If I did, I would have gone early myself. But so I found that out dropped my lunch <laughs> yep. drove right to the venue uh ran in there I helped I uh, helped Juan warm up and then uh Dylan had his fight and then uh, I cornered Juan with Kieran yeah yeah that's yeah, right. so that was kind of what I was up to at the uh the event awesome man yeah. awesome
0: yeah and then so you got to watch the rest of the fights
1: yeah yeah I saw the whole card I I, I really I really only missed the Mark Moser jay Davis fight great fight uh I, I'd say I saw like maybe two full rounds of it and then the three rounds i didn't really see because i was talking to juan because he had just fought um obviously i saw juan's fight i didn't get to see dylan's fight i saw it after on video and stuff like that but i saw all the other fights and uh, i was impressed man it made me really uh i guess honored to just know that you know i've been in that ring before and i've sorry but man the sun's getting in your eyes yeah eh? (laughs) it's okay I'm, i'm surviving um but, yeah, it was really uh, cool to see that that experience, I guess, from a corner perspective instead of seeing it as a fighter. Right. Um, and that was also, I didn't really realize, but that was my first time cornering in, like, a real big event. I'd never done that. Okay, done I, like I was a, wondering that. Yeah, it was, like, I'd cornered a small smoker event, I think, at Mike right. Miles with, like, Chad Sawyer way back in the day. Shout out to Chad Sawyer. Shout um, out to him, man. But that that was it. So that was another thing. Like, I didn't realize, I guess, like, that can be like an art in its own <laughs> cornering in a big show <laughs> yeah yeah for sure eh? <laughs> and, and you know it
0: took us a long time myself and Chris or when Chris would fight just to just understand the roles you know yeah. like when you first when you don't know you don't know so everyone's just yelling you know he's like just mm-hmm. squawking you know geese mm-hmm. it's just it's just mad yeah. so yeah learning the system and I always look now like that's a big part of what I'm doing like as the commentary guy in between rounds I know I'm always like supposed to look at the screen and break mm-hmm. it down but I'm so invested in the corners just the energy the, I want to see what's happening who's calm who's frantic What? who's asking for what like I, I really that's mm-hmm. that's like a big thing I really love about fighting is like yeah. I'm looking in the corners I want to like what's the game plan how are they acting so yeah I'm definitely always looking to see who's frantic. Yeah, you know who's changing I was, things in the corner. I
1: was definitely that frantic corner man. Yeah, on sure, the, of course. That, that it all was, comes it with was, experience. Yeah, though, right? yeah. I, it, I, I remember the whole time. The biggest thing <laughs> that was, I guess, like. Uh, stressing me out was the stairs. It was actually just going up those stairs, going to the ring. Every goes time, first? I'm like, don't fall, don't fall. <laughs> Is Kieran going first, or am I going first? I don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, hey? Hi, yeah. Mom. Hi. Yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd always
0: do that, to be honest, while yeah. Chris was in there, like, look around. Where's the tables at? And Where's mm-hmm. our crowd? And yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, What was your favorite fight of the night? Um...
1: I'm going to give two. So I want to say my favorite performance of the night, you have to give it to Jake Peacock. That was, like, unbelievable, man. Right from the walkout. (laughs) Yeah. From the walkout to the finish, eh? Like, he's got a guy rapping, like, literally a song about him while he's walking out, which is, like, really cool. And then, you know, like, he walks out and just showed so much confidence and and, uh, fluidity and how he moved in there and stuff. And, like, I know for me, like... uh, That really impressed me, the way he beat Rich like that, because I've watched Richard Pham for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started fighting, I think he was the main event of ECL against uh, Eddie Chang way back in the day. Right, yep. And man, like, those guys put on an absolute war, and uh, I was crazy impressed with uh, Rich and Eddie's skill, but specifically Rich's skill. and, and, And I was telling people before his fight with Jake, I was saying, like, People are writing this guy off like he's just some other dude for Jake. And I'm telling you, he's not. Like, he's a good, skilled opponent Mm -hmm. with very unorthodox movement and tactics and stuff. But, man... Jake just didn't care. He just walked through him like he was just another man, you know? And uh, I would
0: say even less. Yeah.
1: And, I, and I think that's no, the thing. No respect. And I think that's the thing that impresses me the most about Jake, to be honest, is it's not so much even his skill, but just his confidence, man. It's more his confidence than anything because the confidence that he has, the way he presents himself, the way he holds himself when he's walking out, before he fights, even when he's in the fight, you can just tell Real. it's a guy who's composed and genuine. You know, yeah. yeah. It's there's, real. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no hiding behind that. You yeah. know what I mean? And then uh my second fight of the night, I would say. Um I think I'm gonna say Duvall and Lewis. Yeah, Duval that was a good Lewis. one. Hey, that was yeah. fun. Good because fight. That was a good fight. And the thing I liked about that fight was that was the first time, at least in Alberta, that I can think of, where I saw a real, genuine, uh, competitive clinch fight. That was something that right. I really liked about that fight because you don't see too too much of that in the West. You don't see a lot of fights where guys legitimately just square up, clinch up, and just trade elbows and knees and position and battle and right. just stay there, it's right? It's usually like, what I
0: call the sexy leg dance. You're belly to yes. belly and you're just lifting your leg up on them, right? Like One hundred percent. Dancing with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. And I, I'm uh, obviously we uh we were part of uh Deval's sponsorship uh at least with his ring ring package and stuff i I like his just his whole his whole attitude and besides him being cool and calm and stuff he was he's never satisfied with his performance he's always just like
1: god damn you know hard on himself
0: well and like i want to show man like i'm telling you i I, want to you know i want to finish and and all this kind of thing so i'm always i always love that kind of attitude um beauty all right man should we talk about some UFC fights? Yeah. All right, let's do, let's do it. it. Let's Why do not? it, man. All right, so let's break it down. Obviously, we had the UFC on the weekend. Uh, UFC 281 uh, from New York. Uh, the main event, Israel Adesanya, the champ, versus Alex Poetan?
1: Poetan, yeah. Pajera
0: from Brazil. Yeah. Uh, Israel Adesanya, 32 years old, 185-pound middleweight ex-champ now, six 6'4", 23-2". and, and two. Now, just a couple stats here. That's his ninth title fight in a row. Um, he's fought Whitaker twice, Vittori twice, Anderson, uh, yeah, Anderson Silva, Yoel Romero, six time defending champ. Born from uh, Nigeria, now trains at City Kickboxing in Auckland, New Zealand, obviously with guys like Volkanovski, Dan Hooker, who fought that night, uh, Brad Riddell, who I like, who fought that night, but I didn't get to see. Alex Bejeda, Sao Paulo, Brazil, 35 years old. Obviously, this guy was a, a massive, you know, Kickboxing glory champ, uh, middleweight champ, light heavyweight champ, six foot four, 185 pounds. I heard was as high as 220 pounds on Fight Night and looked every bit of it. He's freaking huge. Um, Fike's at a, a Glover Teixeira's gym in Bethel, Connecticut. I had no idea. Yeah. One to in boxing? 33 and seven with 21 KOs in kickboxing, seven and one MMA. This is his third time beating Israel Adesanya 2 by KO. He's beat Canadian standout and Hall of Fame. Uh, glory fighter kickboxer and just canadian hall of famer simon marcus uh and beat artem Vakitov for the light heavyweight title three-time glory champ that's pretty crazy uh man what did you think of this fight
1: beforehand
0: all this good stuff leading up to it
1: um i know for me i was very excited uh for this fight because truthfully um And it's kind of funny how the tables have turned. So, like, the last time I was on the podcast, I think we talked about the the top three favorite strikers in MMA. I believe that's what we did. And one of them that I said was Israel Adesanya, right? Mm -hmm. So, I won't lie. Since that time, I think he's only had one or two fights. But since that time, I've, like, become almost not a fan of his. And it's not because of, like, his personality or anything like that. To be honest, man, it was just... I just didn't like how after he won the belt in the UFC, he just kind of coasted. He just hasn't really been putting on crazy, spectacular fights. And I'm not expecting as Always a champion to, the champ, eh? to come out and, like, just like go crazy and put on these Conor McGregor freaking performances every time. I'm not expecting that. But when you put on snooze fests like four or five times consecutively, and I'm trying to watch you and say you're like my favorite I'm UFC trying to fighter, be your fan here. and I'm trying to be your fan and I'm just getting more and more frustrated, it, it gets me upset. So truthfully, I was excited for this fight because I knew regardless of what happens, who wins or loses... Poetan is going to force Izzy to fight. He's going to force him to fight. And just his presence alone, knowing that this guy has knocked him unconscious before, that will force him to fight. So that was kind of my thought before the fight. and, And that was, I think, part of why I was so excited for it, was that I knew... There's no way Izzy's getting out of this one. He has to have a real fight. He's yep. gotta have an actual fight with yep. this guy. I was he can't just jab and low kick his way to yep. a win.
0: Fake and duke and dance. And exactly. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I hear you. I yeah. was thinking what about that too. you?
0: Well, um, me and Chris uh were talking about this and uh I agree that I, I I think I don't care what he says, I think it was in Alex got in his head. I think he was in his head a bit. Yep. And uh and and I just know the size of, obviously, Pereira's massive. Yep. Um, I, I kept flip-flopping, man. It was hard. I Like, yeah. literally, I was talking to uh, uh, Gary Vig from yes. Arashito yeah. Red Deer, who's obviously my instructor. And, hey, listen, I'm, I don't even care who you are listening. And th- maybe I haven't met you, but until I do, that guy is the best overall martial artist I've ever met. Like, Gary Vig, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Like, from... Uh, from technique to flexibility to speed to mindset to, like, strength. Like, like just the best martial artist overall I've ever met. Grappling, striking, like, just the best. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so next time we spar, I hope you can hear that, sir. Don't be nice to me. <laughs> uh, and um, I was even talking to him, like, man, I'm going back and forth, back and forth. So before, before anything, I, I'm going to go ahead and say – and I I don't know I don't know what people think of this, but I I'm not a fan of Alex uh, Pajera. I think I think his technique is not so good. Yeah. And uh, I just think he gets away with size and extreme power and just clubs people. Yeah. And and that's okay. Yeah. It's just not my kind of thing. I, mm-hmm. I'm a big and I've said it many times. I'm a big fan of technique and technical guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know the defensive fight geniuses, the smart fighters. Uh. You know, the slick fighters and, you know, everything I just said, you can't tick any of those boxes with him.
1: <laughs> no, no. And and actually... But he f- can't
0: touch you or you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. And it's funny you say that because, uh, like, me and Mark have actually chit-chatted about that a bit. And, like, that's what we think, too, is that, like, straight up, um, like, Alex doesn't have the best technique, man. Like, he's not... If you look at how he throws his uh, his shots when he hits pads, even in his fights and stuff, like his chin's kind of up in the air. He's got like a very upright posture and stuff. Almost almost like flat-footed, especially for yeah. a kickboxer. Um, but for some reason, right, it works for him. He's able to kind of have that stance and yep. use this long posture to kind of wait and, and sit. And uh, when he sees the opportunity, he throws his bomb and... You know, belief he lands in it—that and, yeah. and left hook, it. right? You got to yeah. watch that left hook. And nine times out of ten, he puts people out, right? So it's very dangerous. But I agree with you, right? And that's definitely one of the things about fighting that I guess is kind of like—I I almost look at it as kind of like a cheat code, I guess, because it's mm-hmm. like you can have guys who have been a fighter for 10, 12 years and have been very technical and proficient their whole time. Like, they're just a very technical martial artist, right? But if they go up against some, you know, Anthony Johnson, rest in peace, dude, that is, you know, like 8-0 with eight knockouts or something and just has clubs for hands. Yeah. Unfortunately, man, unless that technician is really intelligent and good at keeping his guard and being aware of for someone like that. For the entire fight. For the whole fight, too, yep. which is a really hard thing to do. hmm there's a very good chance that that guy who's significantly less experienced and skilled could put your lights out. Yep. And that's always the threat you deal with when you yep. fight a crazy heavy power puncher. Yep. Right? You get and,
0: a, yeah, you get away with lack of technique because of the power.
1: Exactly. Yep. And yep. that's kind of the way I look at it with Izzy and Pereira, man, yep. is that I think Izzy is a substantially better fighter and smarter fighter and technically just so much smoother than than alex is Mm -hmm. but alex is just such a destroyer and a heavy hitter man Mm -hmm. that that doesn't really matter it it doesn't you know and that's something in itself that is a challenge to overcome fighting someone like that like pereira that is just freaking menace man. Yep. scary yeah right?
0: yeah and so big so huge big. huge
1: 220 pounds of 185 and looked every Craziness. bit man was massive tell right? that to calgary combat commission no they're joke. not letting it happen man. no <laughs> <laughs> they're not letting that happen <laughs> yeah no funny hey?
0: it's uh and uh, man and and uh, i'm so and again leading into this i wanted adesanya to win so yep. I, I like I like uh, being part of legacies, like, you know, hey, that happened during my lifetime while I was a fan, you know, and like a Frankie Edgar who we'll talk about. Yeah. But uh, here's the reality, I just think – I don't mean to be rude or anything. But number 1, Alex Pereira to me, I just I can't help but call him. He just looks like just a big dinosaur in there to me. You know what I mean? He's just so big and flat-footed and rawr, like just, you know, watch he out. He does though. I'm sorry. No, no just dis- as a fighter, I yeah. personally I'm, I'm sure he's a nice man. I don't he mean He can't disrespect.
1: be 64. That was one thing. So they're both 64 on the stats thing. There's no Jeez, way. Did you see no, him when man. they lined up huge. with Izzy? Yeah. He huge. was like two weight classes bigger than him. Oh, ridiculous. You think he was man. a heavyweight?
0: And uh, here's the other thing I said I think to my cousin and I again listen I'm no grappler so I who, who the hell am I to say right but my cousin was like you know I heard that you know Izzy was trying to grapple and stuff and I said oh, I got to be real with you man it kind of looked like two grandparents trying to hump like it just <laughs> it, it was not smooth at all no, so not here at all. and and I do again I'm no grappler neither are they I don't mean disrespect but it, I guess here's what I'm saying is I wanted Israel out of to win because uh he, anybody who could grapple, it didn't matter. He could outmatch that, yeah. right? Now that Pereira's the champ, anybody who can grapple must absolutely be foaming at the mouth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so I assume I'm. I could be wrong. I'm just gonna assume. And again, I already said I'm not a big fan of per- Pereira. But yeah. In saying that, maybe being kind of biased. So what I assume is some grappler is gonna beg for it, or somebody who can grapple, they'll get it. Then the title changes hands again. Yep. Uh. And then it just kind of muddies the title, you know, makes yeah. it. So maybe there's an immediate rematch. I was thinking Whitaker or Costa, but apparently they're fighting each other later. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa, yeah, great fight. But uh, yeah. So, but I gotta be real. I'm not a fan. I'm not too much of a fan of Adesanya. I hate all the antics, man. Yeah. All the, I
1: I know for me, so like too much drama with that uh, guy. With with Izzy, like, the, the personality and stuff like that, and, you know, him, like, in the anime and all. I don't care for that. I really don't. Like, his personality, that's not what makes me a fan of Izzy. I don't care for that stuff. And yeah. truthfully, I don't align with it, honestly. Like, we're totally different nerds. I'm a Star Wars nerd. Sure. He's an anime nerd. We, just, we wouldn't get along, uh, right? Oil and water, buddy. Oil yeah, and water. E- exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> as a fighter, at least in my opinion, until or before he came to the UFC... I loved the style. I thought it was very clever. You know, Mm -hmm. he'd make you miss. He was in your face, and then he was out of the way before you could land anything. He had this very fluid style with his footwork. Um, He he didn't care too much about holding the center of the ring because he knew he could beat you kind of from anywhere in the ring. Mm -hmm. And I liked all of that. I really did. But it's like as soon as he came to the UFC... And I mean, obviously, with takedowns and everything, that's going to contribute to his style changing. But he just, in my opinion, he just got more boring. He wasn't the same the Izzy that I saw in kickboxing that I really liked. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and I always found that happens with champions. I mean, there's uh, the more, the more there is for them to lose. You know,
1: the less they put out. Right. The the less you know, now now you're exert- fighting right
0: to not yeah. lose. Yeah. Right. And I get it, man. It, it is what it is. But yeah. So the fight itself. So number one. Now that you're sitting in front of me, I think about you. Like, um, for somebody who's so slick, quote, unquote, you know, Adesanya, he could not get away from those monster jabs. Nope. Like, I know you could say hands up or whatever, but for God's sakes, man, like, step number one, when you get back, I'm not his coach, I'm not a world champ, but, man, you got to deal with that. Yeah. How is... How is anybody else not going to take that and go, oh, just go jab him in the face? 100%. (laughs) Like you, Even me.
1: Yeah, no, and truthfully, like, that is what I saw, too, is that I noticed his his head and his posture, how he was holding himself. He was wide open for straights, man. And, uh, you know, like, I guess with Pereira, maybe he thought that that wasn't a terrible idea because Pereira likes to throw a lot of hooks. He's into the Mm -hmm. winging shots, really. Yeah. But it showed in the fight, right? Like Pereira landed that stiff jab plenty of times, right? And case in point, what you were saying, right, is that that's something that you you just, whether you're high level or you're even a one to five fight level, like that's something you got to remember and be wary of. You can't. Let that happen. You can't let yourself be that open and susceptible to those punches. And those are heavy jabs, man. Man, that was a two yeah. two hundred and twenty five pound freaking quote unquote middleweight yeah, punching yeah. you in the face, <laughs> man. Like that's not a good time.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, with four
1: ounce gloves too.
0: Yeah, man, that that's basically bare knuckle. Right from
1: in comparison to ten ounce gloves from somebody who sweat. smashes
0: cats, you know, just absolutely. <laughs> exactly. W- w- no thanks. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Do, do you, would you like to see a rematch? Or what do you think happens next uh, with these guys? I
1: think it's kind of... I don't know. I agree with you that it muddies up the division, um, having Pereira as the champ, because like you said, any decent-level grappler, man, he's just got to fake a couple shots, shoot, get him down, and oh. that'll probably be a wrap.
0: Hold up. You know what? Speaking of Gary Vig, I was talking to him. He said something so awesome. Uh, what is this here? Weird how... I think we were talking about Pereira Tomo Pereira Weird how he may be The only current middleweight That can beat Izzy But so many other middleweights Can probably beat him Can't beat him Like You know what I mean Like He's He's got Izzy's number Yeah And but uh, Just to Kind of in context So For whatever reason Adesanya can't beat Pereira Well we see what the reason is mm-hmm. The power right mm-hmm. And yet there's so many other middleweights that are probably going to beat Pereira, but yet those people cannot beat Adesanya. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> Styles yeah. make and, fights, and right? <laughs> it's a, and it's
1: a tricky situation, too, because the way that Pereira beats Izzy is obvious, right? He stays on the feet. He uses those bombs. He just picks them apart, or maybe he knocks them out again, right? Yep. Um, But then when it com- comes to facing those other middleweights, at least for them, it's pretty clear-cut path to victory. They just have to get him down. However it is, even if it means, like, literally if you got dropped but you pulled guard and now he's in your guard and you're a black belt in jujitsu. Right. If that's what it takes. Anything better because, than on the feet. Yeah. Watch the knees, that, watch the That guy right? will put you out in a freaking flash. Yep. And uh, I imagine, like, I think that they'll do an immediate rematch, I Probably. think. Probably. Me too. Because I just don't see Pereira having longevity as a champion in MMA. As a kickboxer, if this was Muay Thai or if this was one championship we're talking about, that's a different story. But this isn't the case. And there's just so many grapplers in in, in 185 chomping to the bits in the UFC to get to those top spots. And I just don't see him lasting that long. So I, I think they'll do an immediate rematch with Izzy. I'm going to say right now, I think Izzy will pull off the decision. I think he'll get the decision victory. It'll be a hard fight for him, but I think he'll hopefully smarten up this fourth time around and and not get caught by the big Mm -hmm. bombs. And then I think past there, we're probably just running into the same problems. But it gets very interesting if this immediate rematch happens and Izzy loses. Yeah. Because if Izzy loses, we're again in a really weird situation where Izzy can beat pretty much any other middleweight on the the roster in the division, but he can't beat the champ. Right. So So it's like who gets the fights with who at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Izzy's like more the man of the division in the sense that he's – you know had he could have the title longer than pereira does and and he's been in the ufc longer and stuff like that and beats some wrestlers and stuff but pereira is the champ so it's like
0: <laughs> from a from a podcast from doing a podcast point of view i guess i'd like to say uh i'd like to see izzy lose so yeah, we get to see some bouncing around a little, maybe yeah. you know. But yeah. but I also, but from a fight fan, I, I like to see legacies, you know. I, yeah, I like the being alive for the Wayne Gretzky's, yeah. you know, the John Wayne pars. Yeah, you know?
1: and it, it's funny for me because I changed <clears throat> tunes literally before the fight. Before the fight, I'm like, I just want Pereira to knock him out. Yeah. And then right before the fight started, for some reason, something in my head was like, N- I kind of marooned for Izzy now. I want the good guy to win. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't.
0: I didn't disagree. Like I, Izzy's game plan. Like obviously that sort of that that point. He, he's playing with that set point of, um, you know that the the very pinpoint of like I, I'm dangerous here and I'm safe here. You know he he flirted with that point yeah. and tried kind of going over the top. Obviously. As well as uh, attacking that leg on the calf, he wasn't turning his knee, obviously. So no. he's taking all this. So I, I, I like the. I get it, man. That guy's so big, but I would imagine he's probably got his jiu-jitsu gi on right now. You know, gonna, is he? Yeah, what are you saying yeah? yeah. yeah. you know, for looking for a rematch and well earned, man. That guy was. The well, champion. and
1: especially how Poetown looked in the little bit that they're on the ground, like like you said, like it was no top tier level grappling right. from either gentleman. But if you were looking at the two, you could definitely see that Izzy has spent more time doing that, without or a he's doubt. a little better at it. One of yep. the two, without right? a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because Poetan just kind of sh- shelled up in the baby position and didn't really do anything.
0: Right. And listen, I'm no grappler. <laughs> I know I said it disrespectfully. <laughs> exactly. But
1: I'd probably be the same way. I'm no one to talk.
0: <laughs> but but here I am. I'm talking because I do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's go to the next one here. So we have uh, Dustin Poyer. Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus uh, Iron Mike Chandler. Um, now my thoughts on this were Poirier was going to win second round TKO. Uh, but real quick, let's I'll, I'll, I'll bust out some stats for you because they're pretty wild between these guys. Uh, Dustin Poirier, 33 years old, five foot nine, fought lightweight as well as featherweight. Trains at a, a American Top Team in Coconut Creek in Florida. BJJ black belt. 29 wins, seven losses, 14 knockouts and eight submissions. That's pretty wild. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah, man. That's good. That's 22 finishes. He's beat Holloway uh, by submission. He's uh, obviously that he he was part of that. Um, he became unfortunately famous from Conor McGregor in the first round. Yes. Right? Yeah. But uh, which sucks. And hey, that can happen to anybody.
1: Bounced back pretty good in the last two fights. Sure bro. has, man. Yeah. No joke. Hey? <laughs> you
0: know, Obviously just got tagged by McGregor first punch. But uh, former uh, interim champ at lightweight, eight-time fight of the night bonuses, four-time performance of the night bonuses, Uh, most KOs in uh, in the division at eight, and tied with Oliveira for the most wins in the UFC at 21. He's tied fourth with Anderson Silva and Matt Brown for the most finishes as well in the UFC. That's pretty wild. Mike Chandler, 36 years old, 155 pounds. Fights at a now it's called Kill Cliff, used to be Sanford MMA with uh Henry Hooft. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh twenty three wins, eight losses, eleven KOs, seven submissions. So again, a finisher, madman. Obviously the crazy collegiate wrestler. And I don't know if you follow him on Instagram or anything, but he does like crazy strength and conditioning. He's just nonstop, man. Again, Chandler, right? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a machine, man. Yeah. That guy must be a menace to be around. Like, he he just can't stop, you know? He's a a, machine. You
1: know he reminds me of? I've seen his strength conditioning uh, videos before. He reminds me of Brock Lesnar. (laughs) I'm not kidding. He's like a mini Brock Lesnar, but, like, if Brock Lesnar had a lot of fight skills. Sure. (laughs) Because Lesnar was a great, great wrestler, just not, like, an amazing fighter, right? Gotcha. But Chandler is. Like, Chandler has always kind of been the man, you know what I mean? Yep. And I feel like the only thing that's ever beaten Chandler is his ego. Like, he just gets, like, just gets so into the fight that he loses track of, of I Game guess, plan the main goal, which yeah, is winning. He gets reckless. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I get it, man. Sure. You know, fun it's as hell. coming. It's coming from the man-child himself. Like, I, I get it. Fighting yeah. is fun. <laughs> it's it's really exciting when you're in there and stuff. But yeah. But you got to, like, you got to... To win. a degree, win. dial that in and win, win man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just get crazy every time and be like, oh, it was a good experience.
0: It's funny that you say that. So <laughs> so he's got to already, like, he's he's only been in the UFC since January 24th, 2021. And he's already got, like, two-time performance of the night, performance of the night, fighter of the night. Mm-hmm. But, and a bunch of Bellator things, but no offense to Bellator. You know, <laughs> uh, whatever, moving on. Uh, but check this out. Speaking of him being exciting, his last many fights... Went like this. So, speaking from the most current all the way down, he's lost by submission, then one by knockout, and then decision lost, lost by TKO, one by TKO, one by KO, one by KO, lost by TKO, <laughs> one by decision, one by submission, one by decision, lost by TKO, one by KO, one by TKO, one by submission, lost by KO, and then two losses by decision. Like this guy finishes or is finished he's a monster hey crazy he
1: doesn't believe in decisions (laughs) what did
0: you what so what did you think going into this fight who was going to win
1: i i had it similar to what you had it i thought poirier would win in a third round tko yeah that was what i saw i saw basically kind of a microcosm of what i was just saying about chandler where they would get into it it'd be a good close battle um chandler would either come close to dropping poirier or he would drop poirier because he's got strong hands and uh Then, uh, you know, Chandler would get too excited and too, you know, antsy about the fight in the fight. Which makes it so fun. And Poirier would just kind of laugh and point at him and start boxing his head off because that's what he's really good at. And I mean, I I feel like for the most part, that's what happened until the fight was stopped. But at the same time, uh, I didn't expect Chandler to shoot. That was something that I kind of was surprised by. I know mm-hmm. he's a wrestler, but I really thought after his fight with Gaethje, where he just stood with that guy the whole fight, that he'd do the same thing with Poirier. Yeah, yeah.
0: He. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I
1: think that I think that's a testament to how good of a boxer Poirier is. No because kidding. the fact that he didn't even hesitate or didn't even really try with Gaethje to shoot at any point, right? But then with Poirier, I think it was like a minute into the second round or something, he shot hard, like a hard shot, yeah. took him down, right? Yep. So and and Chandler just th- that
0: guy's, you know, skin like a stiff breeze is gonna cut that guy open, you yeah. know, like his face just he gets his crazy wars. But yeah. big fan of both guys, and uh, uh, I just saw an Instagram post this morning with Chandler with his big. F- face mask on did you see it yeah hilarious go check it out listen go and here's why you should follow it because yeah he was cutting and yeah and, and he hurt his foot and you went to work today and we talked about the fights and uh um a good portion of people go, like, "Oh, you know what a, what a pussy and all that because that's what a lot of MMA fans do <laughs> but when you see a guy talking to his kids Joking around, but he's literally wearing an ice mask around his face because it's swollen, so swollen his eyes are shut. Like, that's the reality of fighting. He's having fun yeah. with it, man, but that's the reality of fighting. That's yeah. stuff we don't get to see. so oh, 100%. The other title fight of the night the Cookie Monster, Carlos Sparza, 35 years old, from Torrance, California, from Team uh, Oyama, trained under Colin Oyama, who's the original trainer of uh, Tito Ortiz. Oh, if you don't know who wow. Tito Ortiz is, uh, you're Legend. younger than me. <laughs> Uh, five 5'1", 115 pounds, two-time champ, obviously. Uh, 19 wins, 7 losses, 4 KOs, 4 submissions. And uh, she beat Rose. Thug Rose become the first ever strawweight UFC champ, obviously. And then, So she lost to Joanna Young-Jacek, who went on a cr- crazy tear, obviously. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, she also has the record in the UFC for the longest time in between title reigns at 2,612 days. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like... Seven, eight years. It's it, a long time. That's a while,
0: man, yep. So, Zhang Wei Li. Now, I keep seeing this backwards, even on the shorts. I don't know if it's Wei Li Zhang or Zhang Wei Li, but whatever. Uh, we'll say Zhang Wei Li because that's what it says on the website.
1: Yeah, I believe it's Zhang Wei Li. I think you're but, right. But,
0: yeah. but if you look on the shorts, I was wondering that too.
1: And it says Zhang, doesn't it? Yeah. Where it's supposed it's some, to. S- I've seen with some fighters, for some reason, they do that. I've seen that with a few fighters. Mm. They'll put their first name They'll put their first name on the shorts. I don't know why.
0: I, I I'm just guessing, but listen, I got a buddy who lives in Africa. Yeah. And uh, every time I try to do any sort of like official, I'm trying to get him here to to visit and and teach him martial arts and, and so he can teach us anyway. Uh, I always his name obviously what we would call it is you know John Smith, but then every time I fill out the paperwork, he's like, no man, it's Smith John, and I'm like. <laughs> Well, but it's not, you know, or we could, you know, so I'm sure it's kind of one of that those could be a yeah, uh, very, yeah. well, very cultural thing, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, from China, five 5'4", 115 pounds, um, 23 wins, 3 losses, that's pretty wild, that's a good mm-hmm. record, man, 11 beast. KOs, 8 submissions, that's crazy, beast, yeah, man, yeah, and uh, August 4th, tw- uh, 2018 is when she made her UFC debut. Her first title defense was that fight against Joanna Young-Jacek, man, which is considered, like, the best women's fight of all time. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's crazy. And, uh, obviously, her second defense, she lost via head kick to Thug Rose and then again via split decision, unfortunately. And she made her way around to um, now beating Carla Esparza again and becoming the first-ever Chinese UFC champion. So, congratulations to her. Obviously, that's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you think of this fight? Uh, I I thought... I thought before the fight that um, that Carla would put up a, a bit of a fight with her wrestling because, like, she's not she's by no means a good striker and uh, she's definitely a, a grappling purist. If you watch how she fights and stuff yeah. like that, wrestling
0: since a kid, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And uh, she's good at what she does. So I I kind of thought she'd put up a bit of a fight on the grappling end, but I knew like standing on the feet that the longer they stood up, that the worse it would go for her just because uh, Whaley Zhang is just a freaking powerhouse, man. Like, yeah. that chick hits hard, dude. And uh, I think she's done a couple of her last camps in Thailand. That's I mean, right. Yeah. So a lot of video training. playing around with Sanchai. Yeah, and, so yep. she's training Muay Thai a lot, right? So uh, obviously on the feet, I didn't think it'd be very competitive at all. But I guess what impressed me watching the fight was how easily uh, Whaley Zhang just blew through her you know and, and i feel bad for carla because it's like uh you know she is a two-time champion but it's just
0: convicted champ it's you know.
1: been tough because both times she's become champion people haven't really i guess given her credit right so like the first time she was champ um it was through the ultimate fighter so they That's did right. like an ultimate fighter season and the winner would be the the strawweight champ Right. Yep. So they're the, the champ, and then the first title defense was freaking Joanna. And it was like 20, 21 year old or twenty year old, year old Joanna Jojacek. So Joanna freaking just pulverized her and made her look terrible. Yeah. And then uh this last, you know, couple matches for Carla, so that fight with Rose, like I don't know if you saw it, but oh man, like it was it was a snooze fest. It was very, very boring, very inactive, right? Yes, yes. So I feel bad for her in that sense, but I just think Whaley just showed how much better she is than Carla and how her and like Joanna and Rose and like, I think that's it other than maybe one other cat that I can think of in that division. I think those three, and I mean, Joanna's retired unless she decides not to retire, but I think those three will just be competing for that belt the next like three to five years, man, because I don't see anyone in that, that division that's anywhere near them. And I do, I do feel
0: that's the problem with, um higher level women's mma it's just still too new right there's i agree uh there's just too many couples that that stand out a little bit you know that's so but uh um yeah (laughs) i don't see anybody beating her no you know i mean i mean i'm not saying other
1: than rose like rose and whaley those two are gonna have to fight each other like six times man because they're the top of the heap
0: yeah 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 i hear you um no, congrats, man. It's cool. it's it's good to see her win again. She has such yeah. a great attitude, you know. Like it, it was mm-hmm. cool. Even her speech at the end, like, you know, it's cool to come somewhere else and have people cheer for me. Like, wow, yeah. you know, that's great. And, that, yeah. of course, that's awesome. Uh, okay, moving on here. So we have uh, Frankie the Answer Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Yeah. Give me one minute here because this guy deserves the respect of what I've written down. So Frankie Edgar, 24 and 11, 7 KOs, 4 submissions, 41 years old, you know. I'm 40 I hear you buddy I hear you Frankie 5 foot 6 135 pounds From New Jersey Um, Tom Rivers I think Yeah This guy's uh, obviously Fought lightweight Featherweight Bantamweight You know he's been all over Um, His UFC debut Was against Tyson Griffin Do you remember that guy? Yeah Dude that guy had a giant dunk on him Man, He's huge Uh, His first ever loss Funny enough Was his first fight To Gray Maynard UFC uh, 112, he beat BJ Penn to win the title.
1: I remember that.
0: Yeah, and uh, funny enough, him and GSP are the only men to beat BJ twice. And three times, Frankie's actually beat BJ. But anyway. So obviously, uh, he had a rematch with Gray Maynard. That was on January 1st, 2011, which ended in a draw, which was crazy. That was a crazy fight.
1: (laughs) That's still, like, one of my favorite... All time MMA fights. That's because it is
0: one of the best fights ever, right, in MMA history. It's wild. It was also only the uh, the third ever UFC title fight to end in a draw. There was not,
1: which is crazy too. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Go check that out if if you don't see it's it it's always on TV. Is that
1: recent too? Like that that stat? Like only the third ever? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts, man. Yeah, pretty crazy. Plus years of competition, only three draws.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. In champion, in championship title fights, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, so UFC 136 was number three, three of three versus Gray Maynard, which was absolutely crazy. Again, Frankie wins by KO right. in round four, yeah. and the reality is that was the complete downfall of Gray Maynard. He was yeah. never the same again yeah. after that. You know?
1: No, that fight ruined him. Man. It really did.
0: Yeah. Three time defending lightweight champ, eight time fight of the night bonuses, two time performance of the night, tied for the most fights, uh, fights. Fight of the night bonuses. Most octagon time of anybody in the UFC at 7 hours, 57 minutes, and 10 seconds. That's crazy. Whoa, that's, that's a that's work a day of, of fighting. A work, it's a work day <laughs> in the cage. Oh, my God. And unfortunately, in his last 10, he's been 4 wins and 6 losses. Chris Gutierrez. I don't have a lot, actually, on this fella. El Wapo. But, you know, let's be real, man. There's only one guy that should have that name. Yeah. 31 <laughs> years old. a crime that he has that name. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Boston, from born from Boston, now lives in Jersey City, New Jersey. And 19-4, uh, 9 KOs, one submission. And unfortunately, as has happened before, Mr. Frankie Edgar eats a knee. And to the dome. He's on someone else's, hi- someone else's highlight reel. Yes. Uh, yes. And then at the end, what happened? You saw. Well, we all knew this. Obviously, it
1: was a retirement fight, yeah? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh That was a tough one for me to watch, man, man. uh, thinking about it. So I think the last time that I legitimately got, like, teary-eyed and kind of upset at a fighter retiring, getting knocked out, losing, etc., it would have been it would have been Anderson Silva's last fight in the UFC. Mm. That was the last time that I actually... And there's, I think there was only one time before that for any other fight as well where I legitimately teared up and got upset. And uh, that fight with Silva and Uriah Hall, man, that got me really upset. But this one got me more upset, 100%. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm not the type to get emotional or kind of get wimpy and stuff, but it was just really hard for me to watch that because... Uh, you know, like I've been a fan of Frankie since he came to the UFC because uh, the first I ever saw that guy was I woke up in the morning after UFC 112 had happened the night before, and on the sports highlights they were playing the the replay of him smashing BJ Penn up. Right, and I just remember being like shocked because at the time a lot of people were considering BJ as like He's one of the best the MMA not, god. the best MMA fighter that was around. Yeah, right. Yep. So. Everyone was blown away when he beat him. And he beat him pretty, like, fashionably in that first fight. Yep. And And uh, that was big for me. I was just, I thought that was really cool. And then I saw his size, too, because I just kind of saw highlights. I didn't really realize how small he was. But then when I saw that, too, how small he was fighting at 155 and beating those guys at 155, because some of those dudes, for sure, were cutting 15, 20 pounds of water mm, yeah. weight, right? yeah and I was just so impressed with them. So, yeah, like seeing him, seeing him get domed with that, that KO, Oof, that yeah. was hard. Especially after knowing that. So, I don't know if you remember this, but his last two losses. So, before this, he got kicked in the face by Cheeto Vera. Yep. That was his last loss. Uh, face kick KO.
0: Which went viral because the picture, right?
1: Yep, that big freaking face of his skull. And then um, before that... Corey Sandhagen Jump knee flying Needham and the same knee same yeah, knee as Chris man. Gutierrez yeah. so when that happened man it was like PTSD for me I just couldn't believe it yeah. I was like oh, again yeah. you know I felt awful for him and uh I think the saddest thing that actually got to me was just seeing how you could see how upset in his eyes he was after the fight. Yeah. Like when everyone is like congratulating him on his career, Dana's giving him a pat on the back. Didn't matter. all the fans and stuff. It didn't it didn't change a thing for him. He yeah. was still so gutted that he went out that way. And you can't blame him, right? You can't blame him. Yeah. You know, like even with uh What's he called? Mark H- Hiley. Uh Shout out to Mark Hiley in uh, Muay Thai World Cup. Watching him, like, may have had some fight antics before the fight and stuff, but no one wants to go out like that, nope. right? Like, nope. you don't want your last fight to be a face plant KO or yep. a brutal, dominant fashion showing that's not your end. That's right, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it,
0: and that's fighting. And like, like he even said it himself. You know, it's, it's an unforgiving sport. Yeah. But from from obviously, yeah, like a fight fan, you don't want to see it either. But I mean, just. Dude, you've you've given me personally as a fight fan many jumping exciting times, and hey, I'm I'm stoked that uh, I was able to see it from start to finish. So yeah. congrats on an awesome career, Frankie Edgar. I see you trying to do stand up comedy or something now, but oh, uh, no. that's okay. Hopefully, Good hopefully. luck, but is it, is just it, just hopefully. don't fight. Just you're done yeah. fighting. So who cares what you do? One hundred percent. Yeah, man, he's the man. So congrats yeah. to Franky Edgar, Frankie Edgar on a crazy Hall of Fame career. Yeah. And then obviously we set, we had a uh, Dan Hooker to open up the pay per view, yes, which was uh, awesome man. and front kicks of death, dude. Oh Toe stabs, dude, man. man. Toe stabs. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. and listen, that submission at the beginning or attempt by that other guy was, was pretty wild, man. Yeah. It wasn't looking so good for Hooker there for no. a bit, but uh, and then you could tell, man, just that guy had it was the stand up was uncomparable. Yeah, you know, and yeah. then front kicks are just they suck bro oh, i hate the them i hate
1: like them. teeps teeps are nasty enough teeps hurt like, yeah teeps a big heavy teep when someone's walking towards them or something like that oh man that stuff sucks right but toe stabs like Whoa. i think toe stabs are worse because it's like if you think about it like a toe stab it's the the same amount of force that a teep kick would produce essentially but you're putting it through like a very, very small surface area of force that you're yeah. landing onto that other area. So like just physics in general, like that's gonna transfer so much force in that tiny spot, right? It. That's why it feels like someone's stabbing you. But uh, it's the, it's funny. That's the second time that I have been in a fight card watching fights with friends, and a friend of mine is like, I don't even know what happened, and and I didn't see it. And then I see the replay, and as soon as I see the toe connect, I'm like, oh, I know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's a toe staff. Yeah. And they're like, how does that work? And I'm like, it's really simple. <laughs> it hurts.
0: Well, and in my opinion, <laughs> uh, I think the person who has the best front kick, not teeth, but like front kick, is mm-hmm. Jake Peacock. Yeah, I agree. Like, dude, like, he, can yeah, his, see, he stings, hurts. man. He hurts everybody with him, yeah. man. You know, around here, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just it, it's like getting punched yeah a- and like you were saying about the T te- what I tell people is like when you use the whole foot like you know I, I always I always t- ask my kids this obviously teaching martial arts have you laid on a bed of nails most of them put their hand up yeah like, do you get stabbed and they go no of course not And you know you explain there's 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 400 uh, nails touching you right yeah. that's your whole foot now what if you laid on two nails like oh it would go on your back yes it would and so that's why you use like as you know minimal as you can, right? Yeah. Ball of the foot, you know, toe stab. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I like Dan Hooker. I like City Kickboxing out of Auckland, New Zealand. Just all those guys, man. They they transfer their whole lives to train during the pandemic and everything. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a you know fighters, fighters fight, man. Those yeah. that's them. And know? those
1: guys, like they they train hard, man. Like I've yeah. seen a video of uh, beat the hell out of each other, Dan than. Hooker and Izzy doing some ground ground and pound work, and it was dude i thought it was like something was wrong because dan hooker was just freaking wailing on izzy and they were laughing and smiling after and and i just think you know like that style of training uh definitely can be looked at a bit funky and even i guess like considered maybe not the best training because you train so hard and you're so hard on the body and all this and that and you're sparring hard too often and this and that but i do believe truthfully that gyms like that man like Those guys might not have the longest careers, but boy, are they all dangerous. That's Mm -hmm. the way I've always looked at it. That kind of training style, like the shoot to box, like kind of just hard style of training man, or even Dutch kickboxers. Mm -hmm. Like, again, they may not be in it for 90, 100, 200 fights, but bro, those guys will hurt you. They're not, they're not light, you know? Yep.
0: And, uh, and the reality is we only got to see what a minute of their training. They they might've been putting on a bit of a show. Yeah. And uh, those guys do have long careers, man. You know, that's, that's just that's it. That's the funny part. Right?
1: Is he's got, you know, 100 and. Dan Hooker's been around a long time. 20 fights. Brad Riddell's been around a long time. Yeah. Yep.
0: And uh, I do hear, I have heard, though, that, like, uh, Dan Hooker is kind of the psychopath in the gym.
1: So. <laughs> I definitely could see that yeah, from him. If anybody needs to be straightened out, it's, it's, it's Dan Hooker. It's Dan that does the straightening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, man. Let's, uh, as we're getting not too near the end, but, you know, it's. UFC, man. What what grade it? Grade it for us. Let's say out of like, uh, like
1: one to ten.
0: Um let's call it out of a hundred.
1: I would give it No that 10, f-
0: ten. 10 with half marks. Ten with half marks. Six point five. Okay, yeah. You
1: know. I would give it I'd give it an eight. I'd say I'd say it was a a more exciting event than I'm used to in the last couple of years. And definitely one of those kind of like oh shit moments with Pereira winning the belt at the yeah. end of the fight the way he did. That because you know, everyone I, go I up. still remember like it was surreal. Everyone in the house when I was watching that, all of us were screaming, losing our minds when that was happening because we just couldn't believe it, right? He's losing that fight very clearly. And then he goes out and just starts bombing Izzy like the old fight, and it's just like, Oh my god, man. So that was really cool. Um but I I just I wouldn't give it a higher grade because I can think back to some really memorable UFC events that I watched where what happened was either really, really memorable or there was a fight or a couple of fights that it was just like just crazy, like just insane. And, And for me, I haven't had that since probably like I think the last time that I had a shock to my system that I would say was like a nine or more would be probably when Brock Lesnar lost to Kane. That's probably the last time Ooh, I can think of quality. where I actually was like holy cow because yep. I just remember looking at Kane and being like I don't care how good you are look at the size of Brock. Yeah. And then but dude that didn't matter. Monsters. That guy freaking ragdolled him. That's man. it, man. That's it. That was like a a bar fight. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> was a beating. <laughs> I'm going to
0: give it a uh, I'm going to give it a 7 uh 7. Yeah. yeah uh, cuz the Chandler fight was good. Uh and obviously the main the main event, obviously the ending. Delivered. And I admit I was I was standing there eating some Cheez Its. I was just getting <laughs> hungry, man, late at I night. I don't Cheez-its. stay up that late. <laughs> I have my my kid had them for Halloween, so you know, I had to pay the dad tax. So yeah. I'm eating a few and then right when I saw him the finish, man, I just threw the rest of the Cheez Its <laughs> on the counter, turned off the TV and went to bed. Shit <laughs> All right, upcoming. coming we got some uh one one championship on Prime. Yeah. Uh the the ones that we need to talk about anyway. Rod Tang from Thailand versus Joseph Lassiri from Italy. Um what do you think of this fight, man?
1: For me, so this one, I'm kind of in the dark about Laziri. I haven't seen a lot of his fights. I've seen some highlights, but I don't. I can't think. I've actually seen one full fight of his.
0: Well, here's what I can't tell you in the meantime. <laughs> fights at strawweight, flyweight, super bantamweight. Okay. Uh, bantamweight, 43, 12. WBC Muay Thai world champ Ooh. at straw bantamweight. Okay. Weight. Yeah. Um. Obviously, one. Hit, uh, uh, his uh, his title versus Prajinshai. Uh He beat him, which was I'm um, extreme underdog, I'm pretty sure. Did you catch that fight?
1: Which one? Prajinshye? Prajinshye,
0: PK, Sensai. Yeah. yeah, yeah, When he didn't come out of the corner there for, yes. you know, I think he hurt his eye or something. Yep. Unfortunately, he's on Jonathan Haggerty's highlight with that downward elbow KO, yep. which is beautiful, that. obviously. But uh, he's beat Rocky Ogden, who's a standout from Australia, as well as the kickboxing champ, Hiroki Akimoto, who's Ooh. fighting as well, so he's got a win over him. Andy Housen as well, he's lost a monk called uh, obviously Haggerty, Josh Tana from Australia, uh, who trains at a U with Kieran Walsh, who's been yep. on this show. So, shout yep. out to Kieran Walsh, as well as Sam A and UK old, he beat old school ish ish. Not too long, Sam A lost to Sam A, yeah, and lost to as well. UK old school ish standout Dean James. Oh. Uh, so, there you go, buddy. Now you're caught up on Joseph Lassiri.
1: Um, well, I do know lots about Rod Tang. And I don't know particularly He's so hot right Laziri's style. Like, what's what's Laziri's kind of style? What does he like to do? Like, how he fights?
0: Um. Well, I mean, I would. He definitely put it on Pradhanchai. Like, like he mm. outboxed him for sure. And and Prajinshai is like a boxer, so, but so good hands. Yeah. Uh, quite aggressive. Okay. Um. So was Rotang.
1: Yeah. I from what I can hear um it sounds like it's just going to be a treat for the fans man it sounds like it's going to be two rams just clashing in yep. the center of the ring and fighting until until someone goes down and uh even though they're both like it sounds like they're kind of muay mat fighters more mm-hmm. punching heavy muay thai fighters mm-hmm. that's still going to be a treat because yep. that's muay thai in a nutshell is you know we square up we don't really like move too too much And we just hit each other back and forth until, you know, somebody goes down or someone gives in or an injury happens, right? So I think with two explosive power punchers, and obviously Rod Tang's got great skills. And, you know, if this guy's a WBC world champ, he's got fucking awesome skills as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be a treat, man. I think it'll be a barn burner clash. I think, you know, it's very hard for me to say if Laziri can beat him. I I think Rod Tang probably gets a late stoppage. That's what I would guess. Mm -hmm. Because I just... That's what I see from most of Rod Tang's fights, man, is that a lot of people think they can kind of withstand the storm, and they can for a little while. Yeah. But at yeah. some point, That's whether exactly it's right. like the end of round one or the end of round two or the beginning of three, they start to crumble. And and I think the other thing that makes Rod Tang such a great fighter is that he has that that kind of shark scent where when he sees and smells blood, he doesn't let off the gas, man. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, getting reckless or going crazy or always throwing barrages of punches. He just doesn't give you space, yeah. right? He won't yeah. back He'll off. He'll you. just keep pressuring you, yeah. even if he doesn't touch you. And that alone, when you're hurt, puts you on the, scary. On the back it's foot. it's not fun when right. you're backing up angling trying to change positions constantly and you're worried about getting hammered with something right, right. you're not
0: trying to win you're just trying to stay alive You're
1: trying to survive at that yeah. point yeah. and that's not fun and that's also never where you want to be as an athlete no and not with rotting
0: no uh i could see joseph Lassiri trying he's a little tighter i could see him trying to kind of bounce in and out keeping the straight shots maybe hitting the low kick but uh the reality is you, you just ha- you're gonna have to do it on the back foot yeah rotek's coming forward yeah you know yeah um I'm going to take Rod Tang, but I, I do think it'll be a fun fight. I just think uh, I just don't think Lassiri is going to be the man to beat Rod Tang. I yeah. just don't think he's going to do it. Yeah. Also on the fight card, we have old-school Muay Thai man, Cosmo Alexandre versus Ooh. Juan Cervantes. So Juan Cervantes Ooh. was the man who lost Ooh. his title to, to Gerardo, Gerardo Addy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who obviously fought uh, and kept his title defending versus Mark McKinney here in Calgary. Um, what do you think of this fight, man?
1: Well, I've watched Juan... And I've watched Cosmo a fair bit as well. Um Cosmo's
0: well known in the Muay Thai world, obviously, from very Brazil. Well
1: known, yeah. I think I think if we see the kind of more old school version of Cosmo, like the the like twenty ten to 2015, 2016 Cosmo Alexandri, if that guy comes out, I think he'll edge out a hard fought decision against Juan. But If that guy doesn't come out, I'm a bit worried for him because, you know, I've watched Juan fight a couple times. I've seen him in one. I've seen him in his fight with Gerardo um, doing some footage before Mark fought him. Mm -hmm. And he just, he's good at putting it on people, man. He's good at giving you that pressure and that, that volume that kind of smothers you and makes it difficult for you to, to implement your plan. And, and, and also throws enough weapons at you at once that it, could hurt you you know it's not just him smothering your style and your ability to implement your own plan but the things he's throwing at you they're very dangerous you know what i mean it's kind of like he's throwing a knife from one end and there's a baseball bat coming from this side and there's a freaking tong coming from this there's just there's all these different angles so i think again if if uh the older cosmo can come back and come out just for this one fight or a couple fights or whatever his plan is i think he's got it easily but if that guy doesn't come out, I think we're in for like a, a battle, a hard fight.
0: I think, uh, I think the problem. I'd I'd like to see Cosmo of 2010 to 15. The problem is that's from 2010 to 15, and uh, it's a long know, time ago. That's fa- seven years ago. Coming up father on Father Time remains undefeated. Yeah. So not that Juan is necessarily the youngest cat, you know, fighting. But uh, I think that if Juan gets excited and goes forward a little too hard, Cosmo can win by knockout. Yeah, he's put a, him down. Yeah, yeah. He's still idea. heavy-handed, yeah. I think if he can stay on the outside, he can. I, I do see, and it just happens, I don't mean any disrespect, that guy's one of the best Western fighters, Muay Thai fighters of all time, Cosmo. I mean, King's Cup winner, he's and Clyde, John Wayne Parr. But uh, the reality is what happens is men start looking stiff. You know, just just in their defense and how they move. And uh, I see. I'm starting to see that in him yeah, yeah. as an old man. And, and you know? for me,
1: that's the thing is I'm kind of in the dark because I don't think I've seen Cosmo fight since probably the last time I watched his him actually fight was probably when he got knocked out by Nicky Holskin. Yeah, I think that's the last time I yeah. actually.
0: And he actually look. He looked good. Yeah. You know? And Nicky's a bad man too himself, yeah, right? Yeah. Nicky's a monster. Yeah. Genetic freak. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take uh, one, but. Uh, it's going to depend on the game plan. I think if he stays on the outside, he's got it and picks apart, you know, throwing yeah. everything he can. But if he goes forward too hard, I think yeah. I think that's the best spot Cosmo could be. Yeah. Uh we also have Jonathan Haggerty moving up a weight division versus Vladimir Kuzmin. Uh Vladimir from Russia, just not too familiar for most people. 17 and 2. He's 1 and 1 in one championship. 24 years old. He's lost to Mungtai. Um
1: young cat. Yeah. 17 and 2.
0: Yeah. 24 years old. Haggard is young himself, yeah. but uh, from the UK. More experience, though. Yeah. Who are you taking in this one?
1: I'm going to go with Haggerty. I mean, obviously, it's hard to to speak on the Russian because I don't know much about him and doesn't have a ton of experience.
0: Yeah, me neither. But they do tend to have a particular style, yeah. fairly sort of Western boxing-like, yeah. you know, tight with, guard, with, a lot of bouncing, yeah. you know, MMA shorts. Of low
1: kicks at the end and that kind of stuff. Yep. Good yeah, hands, I think, heavy-handed. I, I think Haggerty's just too... I think Haggerty is too slick for anybody that's not in the top five in his divisions. That's that's the way I see it. I just think his his footwork, uh, his ring generalship, um, his explosiveness for his size. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all those kinds of attributes he really he doesn't just have them, which is a great thing to have, but he knows how to use them, and I right. think that that's a big difference too. You know, because if you're explosive but you don't really know how to be explosive. Then how are you going to, you know, drop the bombs on people if you got great footwork, but you don't know how to use it in the heat of a fight? How are you going to use it? Right? right. So that's something that I think Haggerty has that uh, I don't think enough people think about is that when you have attributes, you have to actively like work on them to unlock them and kind of activate them and use them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't just whip that thing out out of nowhere. Right. And just use it when you've never used it before in your training yeah right so yeah that's that's what i think about Haggerty. is he just he's got these great attributes and even in his training at least that i see he's working on it like he works on those things the explosiveness the footwork the ring generalship all those things yeah you know and i think even me just as a fighter like i think that's a huge thing you should always have in your mind to work on is work on your strengths and improve your weaknesses yeah you know
0: without a doubt uh i think that uh Number 1, he comes from obviously the UK. Christian Knowles is Nosey. his coach, Knowles Academy. Academy. A lot of killers out of there. Liam Nolan who we'll talk about also in a sec. But they just seem to be master game's planning as well. Like yeah. they you know, they're very good at that. They they, they know what's going on. I mean, when uh Haggerty fought Pet, he, he told everybody what he was going to do, what he sees and and he did it. You know, like yeah. spinning back elbow, but he ducks low. It's like, "Wow, man." Now Chris McMillan had a good thing, interesting thing. He said what separated Haggerty apart was his size, and now he's just taken that away because he's moved up in a division, and he thinks that now Haggerty maybe won't be as, as, as boogeymanish as he was because now that size is gone. So
1: what's the weight discrepancy? What's the difference? You don't ask questions like that, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. I don't I'm know. Trying buddy. to put you on the spot. I don't um, know, man. Because if it's, like, even just five pounds, right, at that level, that'll be a big difference. Chris does make a very good point. I would
0: think it's got to be at least five.
1: Yeah. You know. if, if it's one, it's five or ten, I would imagine, yeah. probably. Yeah, I can't remember. Do you recall. know what weight he usually fought at before? Like 125, 130?
0: I can't remember. 135, 130, 130? I think he 130? was
1: 135 or 130. I can't recall. Yeah. Stop asking this but question, an, sure. But anyways, anyways, <laughs> Jay, um... <laughs> He does make some good points. Yeah. Like Chris has some good points. I listened to that last episode, and I definitely agree. Um, but I think also it depends. I think it depends on the fighter, man. I think that certain fighters can move up in weight and move down in weight and, and fight somewhat seamlessly when people think that they can't. And yeah. I do think, I think Haggerty's skilled enough that he probably can do that. Me I too. think so yeah, because, like, I when you, in my opinion, when you move up in weight, it's like. Kind of two things. It's either you're you don't wanna cut as much weight, so it's just a more viable option if you wanna stay ready and keep competing or something. And then the second one is you bulked up. Like something happened. Yep. Either you he's, put on some weight on a vacation or He's getting a little know, older. You went to the gym or yeah, you're yep. getting older and stuff like that. It could be anything, but and
0: he also kept having to for, we don't really know, and it doesn't matter. It's easy to speculate, but he kept having to be canceled off a couple yes, fights. Yes, like
1: three or four fights in a row that he had to be pulled from. Yet. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe the weight was too much or something, right? But anyways, what I was getting at that is that like when you go up in weight classes, you, in my opinion, you either need to have one of two things. You either need to have the skill to hang with those cats, to hang with the bigger, stronger, scarier dudes, because that is what you're going to be facing when you fight a heavier weight class, or you got to have the size it's one or the other that's that's the way i look at yep. it you need to have su- sufficient enough skill that you can hang with those bigger cats that could put you out with one shot and you can still win fights and do well and and be able to fight through the adversity yep. or you got to be that much bigger for them because you know that these dudes are going to be big and strong and and yeah but i think also like where you are in your career plays a role in that too Without right yep. like i always told kieran like if we ever make the choice where i go up to 185 instead of 175 or 180 it's gonna be when i'm older and i'm gonna bulk up i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna take that chance when i'm skinny and lean and can make 175 170 right now mm. you know mm-hmm. it doesn't do me any favors at least the way i see it
0: yep yeah yep. i hear you um we also have liam nolan fighting at a Nolsey Academy, same oh place boy. as Haggerty versus Eddie Abasolo. Very interesting fight. I know they kept it fairly quiet. Uh, Eddie Abasolo, very, very elusive, good Muay yeah. Thai skills. Not very Muay Thai style, per se, but very elusive. Yeah. And uh, Liam Nolan uh, obviously burst on the scene and, and has got v- very good, very quick. And WBC World Champ beat Yusuf Bouganham uh op- man. yeah lost obviously to uh since some you know left hook knockout but uh, what do you think of this fight man
1: that's a good fight who you got winning um i've seen abasolo fight three or four times on triumphant yep um through their streams or through a stream or something like that Yep. um liam i haven't actually seen a lot of his fights i think i've only seen a couple um i think liam takes it i think this yeah. one's I think, like you said, like Solo has a lot of skill, and like you said, it's not necessarily Muay Thai skill. Like he's elusive; he's good at making you miss. He's good with his feet and stuff like that. But I just think, just think, Liam has too many tools in the bag to deal with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As to where I think Abisolo, like I think at least from what I've seen when he fights, um, he kind of relies on that elusiveness and and that style to to win his to win his fight. Yep. And I feel like Liam he's a good enough fighter where he can kinda change styles and adapt better. That's the way I see it. all all fighters at a professional level for sure are good at adapting and changing on the fly and stuff. Yep, yep. But I just think I just think Liam's got too many tools to use. Yeah. Yep. What do you think?
0: I uh I'm gonna take Liam Nolan. I like Eddie and I don't I don't mean that he has bad Muay Thai. I, I just mean his like style is not very per- typical of Muay Thai it's not traditional but but has great weapons obviously he used to train at CSA gym uh now train looks uh under uh he owns his own gym but under uh Johnson on Fairtex but um I think Eddie's style is for five rounds and I think that's going to be the problem I think Eddie likes to kind of figure cats out a little bit but the problem is three rounds you don't got time for that no. You know what I mean? Oh, so, so it's three rounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And
1: you're saying that he's a five round guy. Okay. Yeah.
0: In my opinion, um, I'm not saying he can't win. I think it's a great matchup. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. But uh, I, if I'm gonna pick. I have to pick. I run a fight podcast. I'm gonna say Liam Nolan. Um, I think if he can put some pressure on him pretty, pretty early, I, I just think uh, the output he'll just be busier than Eddie. Yeah. And I see him winning by decision. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, yeah I see it the same way.
0: But uh yeah, this should be a good one. All right. And then the very next day, One Championship 163, uh, main event Hiroki Akimoto, 30 years old, 5 foot 7 training out of evolve MMA in Singapore, 26 wins, 1 loss, 10 knockouts. And he's obviously 26. the kickboxing champ. Yeah, yeah.
1: 26 is that MMA record? No, um That's kickboxing. kickboxing record. Yep.
0: Yep. Versus uh Pet Tanong, Pet Fergus, 37 years old, trained often out of uh, or a lot out of uh, ben Chimek gym his record Muay Thai 357 wins 56 losses and one draw
1: <laughs> what the oh, <geez>. hell <laughs>
0: that's madness um man and he's obviously beat a lot of lot of people but um unfortunately he's the guy famous for getting knocked out in 6 seconds versus Capitan Pet Yindi.
1: who is this again who's this
0: Pet Tanong Pet Fergus I
1: don't know if I've seen him fight I might have seen that highlight. The name rings a bell, but...
0: Well, you, you can see him f- flat on his back with the first punch from Capitan, you know? <laughs> like Unfortunately, you know, but... Uh, that bad, eh? Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I think Akimoto is just such an awesome technician, obviously yeah. from Japan, and uh, I think that there's a kind of a little bit of a focus and a push on him for a very good reason, and so I'm going to take... Uh, Akimoto, you think? Five rounds. Yeah, man. I think he's going to... I think he finishes him.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: I wow, think Akimoto bold, wins.
1: Bold. Um for me I don't know a ton about either of these cats, but just going off the record and what I know in general, I think I think you're right. I think yeah? Akimoto probably will stop him, I would say. Is it 5 rounds? Yep, for the title. I, I would say between rounds 2 and 5. So three or four, I think are the most likely times it will stop them. I just see yeah, I'm kind of thinking four or five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just see, because I've seen quite a few Japanese kickboxers fight, um, the big ones, more local ones, whatever you want to call it. And I just think like they have kind of a deceivingly aggressive style, the way that, uh, Japanese kickboxers fight. Like they, they don't, They're not so big on the ring generalship and the pressure and the control as like Western fighters are or Dutch kickboxers and stuff like that. But I find that even though they hang around the outside a little more, that they're kinda they're they're vicious when they're on the outside. Like they they throw a lot of combos with a couple low kicks at the end on purpose to kinda get you uneasy on your legs and stuff, and they just I just kinda see it as they're like darting in and out of angles to really pick at that guy yep. that is the ring general, and, and they can be really good at it. Yep. I've seen them stop quite good a few cats work. like that, tight, yeah. Tight,
0: fast boxing,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep. Tight hands, good low kicks, just in and just out, picking at the tree, right? Yep. Chopping that tree slowly but surely. They know that they're they could be quote unquote losing the round off the ring generalship but they know that they're chopping at that tree and that that guy's going to start limping or he's going to start you know, folding or one of those punches is going to hurt him. Yep. right? So I think that they have a very deceiving style with that. And I think that the ties, I think that the tie style where they start slow for a couple of rounds, I think is really bad for that kind of matchup Without because doubt. they will, the, the Japanese will let that guy come in tie style and kind of do his thing and control the ring and he won't care while he's getting hit with all these low kicks and these hard shots, right? But you're losing on points, and your body's wearing down. So yeah. I see by round two, three, four, when they're starting to pick it up and go crazy, they won't be able to, yeah. right? That's the problem with waiting too long in a fight or in sparring or in any kind of combat is you wait too long, and your stuff's messed up. Yeah. Now all of a sudden your explosive punches or your power kicks they're right. not so explosive. They're not so powerful anymore.
0: Which which is a, a quite a, a knock on Muay Thai, even for me, who's yeah. such a purist. is like, I want to, you know, don't fight one and a half rounds in a five-round fight. Fight yeah. from round one to five, yeah. you know, um, which one is changing. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Last one to talk about, at least uh, as far as some fight breakdowns. Uh, for the title, the uh, heavyweight kickboxing tournament, Roman Kriklia from the Ukraine, 48 wins, seven losses, 4 0 in one championship. And uh, he's beat, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Guto, Guto Innocente because uh, he uh, is kind of at least active on the podcast, likes us and stuff. So thanks, buddy. Thank, thank That's you. That's cool.
1: <laughs> shout out to Guto. You've got I'm a, a big shout fan out. Of
0: them. There you go. Uh, and, uh, Iraj Aziz Poor, 68 wins, 4 losses, 3-0-1 championship, 34 years old, six two. Uh, what do you think, man? Do you know this, these guys at all?
1: I- Iraj.
0: What was his record? Iraj Aziz Poor, 68 wins and 4 losses from Iran.
1: Oof. So, I've seen Roman fight. Yeah. I've seen him fight 4 or 5 times. Yeah. That dude's a monster. Sure That is. guy is freaking. he's a tank. You don't
0: often get to see a technical heavyweight. Yeah, you know? and he is. Yeah. Um...
1: And that other guy I haven't seen, but just by his record, that sounds like that's a pretty formidable opponent, even for, for Crick Cricklia. I yeah. That's how you pronounce it. Um I is this is five rounds too, right? Yep. I see this fight going the distance. Um I think Crick Leah wins by decision. Yep. I think I think that guy, like that Aziz guy, I think I, again I don't know much about him, but I think with that kind of level of experience, I don't think He will be put away by Mm. Roman. And Roman, like, Roman is a monster. Like, that guy puts people away quite easily. I've seen it two or three times where almost effortlessly he just hits people with shots so fast and hard that they just can't handle it and they buckle under it. But I think with that guy's experience and it's kickboxing, I think that that dude. Even if he can't win the fight, we'll be able to hang with him. He'll be able to stay in there. You know what I mean? But you never know, man. Because Roman's, like, tall, too, isn't he? He's, like, 6'5". 6'7", exactly. 6'7", yeah, versus 6'2". He's a big, long boy. And he's very strong. Like, he... He kind of reminds me of Rico Verhoeven, actually. Yeah, 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 good call. A little bit, because they kind of fight the same way. They do, if you think about it. Like, Fuck, if
0: they fought, that'd be a great fight.
1: I don't think so. Damn. That would be a crazy fight. That'd be a super fight and a half. Yeah. Uh, Roman Cricklia versus Rico Verhoeven. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be wild, man. That'd be a big card. Um... But they kind of fight similar with how they pick at people. Like, they move differently, for sure. Like, Roman is more kind of an in-and-out moving guy as to where uh, Rico is much more just a pressure fighter with power. Um, But what they hit their opponents with that hurt... It's the same kind of shots. It's like shots to the upper chest area, shots to the belly, hooks right. to the good body. Technique. Yeah, good yeah. sharp shots. Lots of low kicks at the end of their combos. Yep. Um, fast kicks to the body. Not necessarily hard, but just quick to get them up and score and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah very I, think, European style. I think Cricklia will win.
0: Um, hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, if Raj is one of those guys that's like short, stout, and just a tank? Well, yes, but can also do shit like 540 jump kicks and, like, very oh, athletic. Really? Yeah, wow. super athletic guy. Okay. Um, and he's going to he's gonna have to come forward or you're going to get you picked apart Cold on the outside. Yeah. yeah, so in my mind, I see this being a finish with a uh, Raj, you know, starting something probably with an overhand right to a left hook, you know, to to get things going. Or like Cricklia having him run into a knee or something. So, if yeah. I had to pick, doo, 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 I'm gonna say Cricklia KO round four.
1: That's a smart one.
0: Maybe five, maybe five. Um, but but I'm I'm a fan of Raj too. I I like him. But uh, if I had to pick, let's then I'm picking. All right, man. Before we uh, finish a little bit for the day here, I got a top three for you. Awesome. Hit us with your top three favorite fighters. In any combat sports, at your weight. So what weight do you fight at to start? And uh, what do you got for us?
1: So I fight at 175. Um, the heaviest I've ever gone up would be 185. It's the heaviest I will go up. i <laughs> not going past that. 185, 185, hey? they're freaking gorillas. Yeah, so that's big, man. I'm waiting a while before I go there. Sure. Um, but my three favorite fighters all time in my, my weight division... Um, I would say for a current person, um, I'm going to have to go with Simon Marcus. Nice. Big, big fan of Simon Marcus's skills, man. Shout out to Simon Marcus if he's listening. Um... Yeah, just shout out
0: to him man. always
1: always have respected his skill um I think I first started watching him in glory and I just thought he was so slick and smooth and confident and, and shredded too and just looked like a just honestly like a role model for for high level fighters out of canada because when i saw him i was like there's no way this guy's like from this side of the the planet and sure enough he's from ontario so i was like that's cool i mean i think originally he's from jamaica but you know he lived here and stuff right the second guy i would say in that division that i would say is my favorite fighter would Mm -hmm. have to be i got a shout out to the old goat anderson silva Anderson Silva. Nice. It, honestly to me, um human highlight reel man. Was yeah, he was my hero. Like that that guy, man, just the things he pulled off in his career, um I just I don't think anyone will come close to it because he was I think he still holds it. The the longest title defenses. I think he had 12 title defenses. Hmm. Um and just the way he fought man like he he'd front kick Vitor Belfort in the face and that, then he'd lose four and a half rounds to Chael Sonnen but then he'd pull off a triangle last minute i, I think I, I have a stat here i have a stat here he would destroy Chris Lieben in like 30 seconds in his debut like just everything that guy did he was just ugh amazing
0: i have i have something here about Anderson Silva <laughs> that that was it's something in the stats i the read record. earlier about one of the fighters yeah it was yeah. one of the records oh here we go Uh, So Anderson Silva is tied fourth in the UFC with Dustin Poirier, Matt Brown, and someone else for uh, most finishes in the UFC Yeah, of all time.
1: Yeah, so that guy, I just always was a huge, huge fan of his, and I think another thing that made me a big fan of his was... Uh, for a middleweight, like he's by no means a small dude, but for one eighty five, he's kind of small. Like yeah. I've always thought tall, that. Tall, slender. A bit, yeah, like he's tall, but he's very slim. He's not super muscular. He never has been particularly. And dude was just lighting cats up like it didn't even matter. You yeah. know, so that that impressed me. That yeah. always has impressed me. And then, I'd say the the third all time guy in my weight division. Gotta say, mm. what's his name? Mm. It's a boxer. He's a current. He's a newer boxer. Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant. That's my. That's my third. I would say in my division. And the reason I pick him is, uh, like him. just like. I just like his attitude. I think he's a go-getter. I think he's a guy that is just always trying to get the biggest fights and make the biggest moves and do his very best. And I just I like his style. I like Me the too. way he boxes. It's a very slick style. You know, he can use his feet, he can pressure you. He's good at landing those uh, those deceiving shots to the body and stuff like that. And also just as like his his courage, you know what I mean? Like I thought it was crazy that when he fought Canelo um, he was talking to him like casually while they're fighting. <laughs> like, like to yeah, me, that's that's too, insane. Man. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy to me, man. Like, yeah. that's like me fighting Simon Marcus and like <laughs> just like chatting it up with him while we're trading punches and trying to kill each other. And, like, and just
0: coming off uh, a <laughs> uh, uh, viral knockout there of uh, Durrell. Yeah, not Andre Durrell, his brother. I can't remember. Anthony, Body hook. Maybe? Yeah, thank you, Anthony. It, Durrell. Was it Anthony Darrell? Yeah. 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 Uh, body hook to head hook and just flatlined. Just it, man. killed them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. number one, Simon Marcus. Yes. Number two, Anderson Silva. Number three, Caleb Plant. Love it. All right, man. You got any rapid shout outs for us? Any sponsors yes. or anybody? Anything? Yes. Products? What do you got for yes. us?
1: So I have two things to chat about. Um, the first thing, just let me pull up my notes. So the first thing I wanted to chat about, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to my other teammates. So I just want to give a shout-out to Kieran Kettle. You're the man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, Shout-out to Kyle Messenger. Bad news. That's also another great teammate. I think I already shouted him out, but I'll do it again. Shout-out to Mark McKinnon. That's my boy. That's Hope you're having a blast in uh, Vegas right now.
0: Oh, I see that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then uh, my last one, Crew Francois. So thank you, Crew Francois, for everything you've done for me, and uh, I can't can't wait to keep working with you guys. Awesome. So uh, the thing that I wanted to talk about, guys, is so there is a Muay Thai World Cup Junior promotion that has recently been made, and they are matchmaking right now. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that, and just. Uh, mentioned to any coaches, athletes, anyone that is um, considering having someone compete or you yourself, if you're under 18, are considering competing with Muay Thai World Cup juniors. They're looking for people to fight right now. So if you're interested in that, Send information to the Muay Thai uh, World Cup Junior page on Instagram. I believe it's Muay Thai World Cup Juniors. That is the actual IG handle. And give the age of the person that you want to compete the weight, the height, as well as their experience and we're going to do what we can to find a match. The event, uh, it's going to be, the first one is February 18th and it's going to be at Vision Sports Center. So, Again, if you are listening and you're someone that wants to compete, you're under 18.
0: Hit them up Muay Thai. Now, yeah. Muay Thai World Cup Juniors. Muay
1: Thai World Cup Juniors. Yeah. And
0: then, if you're, uh, just before we started, we're going there. Yep. If you're looking for a bigger breakdown of what that is exactly, check out the shout out podcast number 44 that had Kyle Messenger on it. And he had all sorts of stuff to break down there regarding it. Yep. Keep going, sir.
1: And so now uh, the second thing that I wanted to bring up before I do my shout outs is so I am now officially a personal trainer for Muay Thai. So if you guys are listening to this, doesn't matter what your experience level is. If you are interested in working with me and learning some Muay Thai or learning some boxing from me please reach out to me at my Instagram at the newberry 403 or my Facebook page, Sean Newberry, okay? Um, yeah, that's it, guys. And again, I'm willing to work with all levels of experience. Um, if you're a fighter and you want to work on some stuff with me, that's cool. If you're brand new to Muay Thai and you just want to learn how to throw a really awesome kick, that's also cool. Or jab. Or jab. I got an okay jab. Uh, a <laughs> few people have seen it. So. And felt it. Yeah, it's not too shabby. Um, but yeah, if you're looking to reach out and maybe do some personal training, hit me up. And yeah, you can also reach out to Elite Martial Arts. We have two locations. We have the location in Shepherd, so 106th Avenue in the industrial area in the south. And then we also have a gym in Brayside that you can also come to. And there's phone numbers you can also call with them on their websites that you can call and, and inquire about doing personal training with me. But yeah. And so the last thing that I want to talk about, I just have two shout-outs, or three, actually. So uh, I have a student shout-out. Do you have a student shout-out? Yes, sir. You go first. Go ahead. I was talking too much. Go for it.
0: (laughs) My student shout-out goes to, uh, well, I I have a few, but I I had quite a few students. I did a teacher course um, on Saturday. So just, I've been doing this, like, uh, I don't even know, teaching teaching for 25, six years, seven, somewhere around there. So I have a bunch of new students, teenagers who are starting to get interested in that. And I'm going to be real with you, as you get older and you're trying to run the business, it's it's becoming harder for me to also be on the mats for six hours a night, you know? So I wanted to offer some of these kids and, and people, not just kids, but adults as well, people trying to get into the teacher role. I wanted to offer them, it was free, just come in and let me show you my method of teaching how i get success because here's how we run my gym ages four to seven eight to twelve thirteen plus how you you have to teach them all different you know what i mean so i I was helping them i taught a course on how to sort of do that as well as class plan that way introduce them into the teaching world because just getting thrown out on the mats is not the way to do it and that's not the way i want it done so i want to give a shout out to all those who came to that on saturday try to better yourselves as martial arts instructors and the reality is it helps me it helps the class it helps you so i thank you guys for coming shout out to you guys ready so Give her.
1: okay so uh, i have three shout outs uh the first one this is my only student shout out uh it's gonna go to my student brandon so he's been with me almost since i started teaching this new teens program um this kid is an absolute worker man he shows up Pretty much every single class. Um, he comes three days a week. What age are we talking here? Uh, so he would, I think he's 13. Okay, so teenager? 13 or 14, okay. yeah. So he's a teenager. And uh, this kid works really hard, man. Like he's only been working with me for, you know, half a year maybe. And uh, his progress and how hard he works as well as like how far he's come just in those six months. It's all super impressive. And he's just a really good student. Like he's super coachable. He listens to me really well. Um, He's always willing to help out, you know, with like helping set up the ladder or something like that. If something's going on and I'm by myself, he's just a really good student. And uh, it just makes me proud as a teacher to have a student like that. Um, not only that i can rely on a bit if i need help with anything but also just having someone there that i guess just makes it really enjoyable and, and just shows me you know like i'm doing something really good for the community you mm-hmm, know because mm-hmm. i think we kinda lose sight especially as uh, competitors ourselves of how integral and big teaching martial arts to kids, even just for confidence and discipline and, and all these other life skills can be. Right. So
0: Looking up to the fighters, they want to be you, right? Exactly. Yeah. So
1: yeah. it just makes me feel really good knowing that I got a student like that that is Brandon? that dedicated. Yeah, Brandon. Shout out Brandon. to you, Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. I hope you're listening, buddy. That's great. All right, and then my other two shout outs My first shout-out is actually going to be to my buddy Hayden Harrison. So Hayden Harrison, um, if you don't know who he is, he used to be an MMA fighter. Um, So when I was a kiddo at Knuckles Mixed Martial Arts, way back in the day, I would have been 15 or 16 years old. I trained there. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching this guy beat people up in, I think, think Axe axe combat too i think he pulled off a pretty slick uh triangle submission win against somebody but anyways i just wanted to give him a shout out because uh he he's a personal trainer and does all that stuff um and he's helping me with my nutrition so i just wanted to shout out to him and thank him for doing that and i look forward to working with you more beauty hopefully you can tolerate my occasional donut binging (laughs) 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 all right so uh, the last shout out for today, it's just going to be to my sponsor, uh, Zach Many Wounds. So I just wanted to my give man. him a shout out. Yeah, Zach, he's uh, an awesome dude. You know, um, sure as hell is. I haven't fought Great in a dude. while. But he's always supportive. He's always messaging me. He's always checking in and seeing how I'm doing. And even when I don't have camp, um, this guy is very, very friendly and always willing to help out with stuff. So shout out to you, sir. I know we haven't chit-chatted in a while, but let's catch up. Let's grab a beer or something. And uh, yeah, but that's it for me. Awesome. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm privileged to know someone like that, man. He's a
0: cool guy. I really like him. Uh, shout out to you, Zach, many wounds. Uh, okay, a couple rapid shout outs. Number one, dad. I want to shout out to my dad. So I, I, I'd I, like my dad actually to come on the podcast. I want to make that happen. Maybe around Christmas time I'll have my dad on. My dad's just done uh, – if I had a fight, my dad went, if he could. You know what I mean? And drove me to Saskatchewan, just everywhere. My dad was there for me. So my dad's a fight fan, martial arts fan. And he, he still goes to the Muay Thai World Cup. The super loud guy with the big mustache that harasses everybody, that's my dad. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, we'll get him on. But I want to give a shout out to my dad, who's letting me use his vehicle right now. I'm, I'm having my vehicle's in the shop. I can't get it. It's just such a oh boy. I just don't have a vehicle. My dad's lending problems me problems on help. problems. Oh, pops so, is helping out. Thanks, pops. I really appreciate that. Always a shout out to Rob at Turkey and Pistols. Um, I said before in the last one that guy is more than just a a logo T-shirt guy to me. Uh, he's a confidant. He's he's a, a source of inspiration. He's uh, I'm a big fan of Rob. I'm a big fan of Turkey and Pistols. Um, shout out to you, Rob. Uh, moody Jim, Mexico. Uh, I'm going to be commentating. I'm leaving next Friday, Friday Wednesday. i to be down in Mexico doing commentary down there. Uh, and I do see, I think if it's, I'm hoping it's the main event, is uh, Tyler Nicholson is going to be fighting uh, Tuso Cruz. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, who, so I get to commentate that, so that's pretty awesome. That's wicked. I'm looking forward to going luck, down there.
1: Nicholson. Shout out.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, once I saw that... Yeah, buddy. I can't believe yeah. I get to commentate that. That's legit. I is like that,
1: it. Is that a triumphant card? or No, uh,
0: that is a Muay Thai Grand Prix.
1: Oh, yeah. Muay Thai Grand Prix. Maxi- no, England. Mexico.
0: No. Mexico. but it, Yeah, but okay. it, it might be a road to something. I'm not okay. sure. But, cool. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Shout out to one of my instructors, long time uh, uh, students, Devin. Um, just everything you do, are doing, want to do. Love it, man. Keep it up. Uh shout out to Gary Vig. I know we talked about him from Red Deer. That guy's my instructor and someone I look up to and someone who I have like nervous energy around. You know, he just, I just I think so highly and have so much respect for him. So the fact that he took the time to want to text me watching the fights, I was like, oh man, oh man. So I appreciate that during the, the UFC fights. And I also want to give a shout out to Rich Fam. I'm not nobody has contacted me, but I feel really bad about the last podcast when I said Rich fam like it just reminded me of like a coil poop when he fell. Dude I could use a way better analogy than that. I don't I'm not calling him shit or poop and run like that. That's not that's not at all what I'm saying but just you know he, he just kind of crumpled straight down on the floor in a pile is what I'm trying to say here. So I didn't I, that bothered me that I, I didn't mean to use that analogy. It, it It sounded not nice. So Rich I apologize buddy. I think nothing but awesome things of you. Other than that, I want to give a rapid shout-out to my gym, Arashito Martial Arts Deerfoot North, because uh, without this place, um, I'm writing poetry in a park uh, chasing birds because <laughs> i got nothing else J-J's going on. Jay's lost yeah, exactly. <laughs> without the gym. I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, anything else before we're out of here, man?
1: Uh, I think I think that's it. Uh, if anyone's listening, that's Curious about when I'll be fighting next. Of course. Um, so, my skin's a lot better. Um, things are looking good. I'm not cranky like I was about a month and a bit ago. So, um, it sounds like for sure I'll be fighting in April in the Nationals for the WBC Amateur Games. Beauty. So, that is what's next for me 110%. But before that, I am looking for a fight before that. So, promoters, people listening, anybody with a fight, 175 to 180 pounds. Sean Newberry, my record is four wins, two losses. I'm down to fight. And I know my coach is willing to throw me in there too. So if you are interested, reach out to me or reach out to Kieran Kettle. And let's make it happen. Let's line a fight or two up. Because uh, I would love to get in there at least one or two times before April. So, okay, And then also the Muay Thai World Cup card in March, I may be on. So TV. again promoters fighters people listening somebody wants to fight me i don't care what it's for i'm down let's do it let's line it up
0: there you go let's get get this gorilla a fight (laughs) all right guys thanks very much thanks for having uh, me you bet man we'll talk soon peace